Welcome to Teeth and Titanium, a podcast about oral surgery, residency, and life. We would like to thank the Canadian Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery for their continued support. All opinions expressed in this podcast by the hosts and their guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the CAOMS. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for surgical decision making. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Teeth and Titanium, episode 27. This is our November episode here with Oscar reporting live. How's it going? The, honestly, today's a big one because we're, first of all, we're in your house. I've never yeah. been to your house. So I'm reporting our I, first episode here. I've crept the backyard a couple of times when there's under construction, so I'm pretty <laughs> excited to be here. Yeah, so that's one big thing. The other thing is we, we decided to This is the bigger thing. A little bit different for this episode. For the first time, you know, we've had someone live with us. We've done that before in yep. the past where we meet up with someone live, but we've never had them just say, you know what? Why don't you just join the whole episode? Just be part of everything. Just be part of everything, you know, start to finish. So also here live in the studio is none other than Dr. Brian Farrell. How's it going, Brian? I'm good. I'm great. Thanks for having me. And are we calling this a studio? <laughs> yeah, the kitchen table. It sort of seems like the kitchen table. Yeah, it's, it's the kitchen dining room table area. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Listen, but it's open concept. Everything is a studio. Everything is a kitchen. The acoustics are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The lawnmower in the background is good, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to be here, guys. Thanks well, for having me. I think, you know, we kind of rolled out the red carpet for you. I mean, we've never had champagne, mimosas, you know, welcoming a guest. Like, this okay, but whether it was for him or for us, I'm enjoying it, though. Like, I think we should do this every time now, from now on. It, yeah, I don't know if the budget can afford that. You know, Brian has high taste. That's true. That is true. I am It's high, not Bambino champagne, you know, taste. that we're pouring here. You know, it's a little bit... In, you you um, took the uh, you know opportunity to waste half of the second bottle by popping the cork <laughs> and spilling it over the studio slash I, I know what, I'll defend him because it wasn't, he put it on the table and somehow it just uncorked yeah, itself. We actually have just um, recovered from a spilled second <laughs> bottle of champagne <laughs> that uncorked itself and sent the cork into outer space. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, a few mimosas in and uh, this is great. This is great. So, so Brian, what's nice about you is you're, you're a loyal listener. You're a regular listener, but you have certain criteria for when you yes. listen or, or why listen. You yeah, I, I actually enjoy this because I hear all kinds of talk about, you know, I listen to it at one and a half speed or two. Listen, I listen to it at half speed because I'm not very smart. <laughs> it, it takes me a little time to kind of get all the information. So, yeah, I listen at half speed and I usually listen when I'm mowing the lawn. Yeah, when you're doing the chores. And so my grass is really long right yeah. now. <laughs> grass all year. <laughs> no, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that, uh, you know, brainless mush, meaning um, obviously there's lawn services and things like that, that I could pay for, but I choose to mow my own lawn yep. and put in the headphones, turn on teeth and titanium at half speed, just go out and mow. No, and uh, it's great. I enjoy listening to you guys. See, that's great to hear. Like he has a routine. He does it like, and he gets to listen to us. So yeah. this is you. Cause you don't like people that listen to every couple episodes. You want committed listeners. I want committed <laughs> yeah. listeners. And I, I totally respect that. I, we, we've long said, you know, people will listen on a long drive. Yeah. Some people listen at the gym. Some people listen on the way to work. Like, mowing the lawn, that's a new one. You're not going to get me listening at the gym. <laughs> because, because that would involve you going you're to the gym. You're too focused on the workout, that's why. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get me listening at the gym. You're not going to get me on a long drive. Um, it's it's got to be mowing. Uh, that's mowing, it. mowing is it for me. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, Oscar, we do have to give a shout out to another listener. They were a little bit upset. You know, they, they reached out, they talked to us how, you know, their office manager is getting mad. And this is becoming a new trend, by the way, with the, with the show, because we're yes. talking about long drives. Yes. But, you know, Justin Kears, you know, a recent graduate from U of T. He was my junior resident. Can't speak highly enough about him. Yeah. He, he was my first chief resident. Yeah, family. he was Nick your first. Him and Chris Ward, they were my first yeah. chief. So really, really nice guy. So he also listens on his drive to work. And But 
No, sometimes he drives longer distances. He's out west as yep. well. So he'll he'll carpool with his office manager. So now I think his office schedule has changed, or he, he, they're not carpooling as no. much anymore. And the first comment she sent him was, "Oh, I'm gonna miss listening to those guys, Oscar and Wendell, on Teeth and Titanium." You know, the office manager's getting into it. So at least that was like a positive. So that's a positive, and wow. the fact that he's making the office manager listen to it. You know what? He gets a shout out. He's out in Kelowna. Yeah, uh, he's just started this year, so good for him. Good, Justin. That's awesome. Now, Brian, as a listener, you know you listen to episodes, so you know we have our little preamble at the beginning of the episode about, you know, this is the titanium, blah, blah. You found it a little bit entertaining that there's a little bit of kind of a spoiler alert or a, or a disclaimer that, you know, the, the CMS doesn't validate what we're saying or doesn't support the podcast. Yeah, I highly agree with that. Listen to anything that you guys say. Um, don't take anything you say for, for granted. Or don't, don't take it as education. Yeah. This is just uh, shooting. <laughs> Can you comment on a rumor that you're the, you've been nominated as the incoming CMS president-elect? Yeah, I... Interestingly, it was a shock, but I accept it with open arms. I look, forward, I look forward forward to driving this organization forward <laughs> to truly take it to new heights. Yeah, yeah. and that's it's going to be great for. Oh, I'm, now will the location I'm, still be in Canada? Do you want to go back to Reykjavik? Like, no, no, Reykjavik. I didn't get invited to Reykjavik. <laughs> Damn it! Touchy subject. Touchy subject. It is very touchy. No, listen. I uh, here in Toronto, it is wonderful. Wonderful. I'm a fan of. The Canadians, I'm a fan of the Canadian surgeon, I'm a fan of the society. So as your president-elect, I feel like I'm in a good position, and I think we're going to move this forward. So thank you. Thank you for for trusting me. Thank you for bestowing me a wonderful honor. I look forward to the platform. No, the 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 presidency is a one-year term, but are you one of those presidents that think we change the constitution? I'm president as long as I want to be. (laughs) We're changing the constitution. Yeah, Yeah. keep extending. Well, remember, we've we've had a lot of conversation about politics, and uh, you know, it's just good to get away. It's good to get away from the states because the politics are uh, pretty deep right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, what's nice about this episode is we're doing it live. We're in Toronto. We only have a few current events to talk about. Um, The biggest. Tournament that you know Austin and I started for, and, and you were trying about as well as the World Cups coming up. And I think we're all excited. It's, it's funny. I didn't think Brian, you're going to be that excited, but everyone at the table is quite excited for that World Cup to come up. Yeah. Yeah, and what's funny is you know pre episode we were comparing you know where do our countries ranking against each other because our you know, alliances, our alliances. So you know Brian's with the U.S. They're at number sixteen. I'm, I'm with Uruguay. I'm with Canada, who's 14. Or sorry, 41. Easy, 41, easy. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where are you jumping there? I think that's dyslexia. 41 <laughs> or 14. No, I think it's at 14 because that's where Uruguay is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Uruguay is 14, so he, he's the best out of us. Well, I'm let's, let's make court. a friendly wager right now. Okay. Whichever one of the three countries gets, gets the furthest. furthest. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it's further. Yeah, yeah the problem is Deal. Uruguay is going to crush us. Well, but it's going to be kind of fun, and it's one of those bets that's yeah, yeah. going to be fun to kind of rib each other, but it's also... It'll be okay to lose. Yeah, you're right. Because losing means that we, uh, listen, what, what should the wager be? Bottle of champagne? <laughs> yeah. The one that you spilled? The other two give a bottle of champagne. Listen, yeah. I yeah. did not spill. I, I, Oscar's on my <laughs> side. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't you. Your table fact, did something. The mark on the ceiling is going to be remembered for the rest <laughs> of uh, the, in fact, never paint that spot again. But anyway. The yeah, two losers are, will give the winner a bottle of champagne. Each. Each. Well, those are, I kind of want to do more than that. I was okay. Say, let's do a nice dinner or something like let's that. Let's do that. Let's I think do a nice dinner. Meet up. I like 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan of having rendezvous on the calendar. Because if not, you lose track and you don't do them. 100%. Yeah. I mentioned this to uh, Dr. Caminiti. I'm a big fan of the next time we get to rendezvous. I just, it's all about, life's great. We go back, we work, we put our head down. It's its business, it's family, but there's nothing better than looking at a calendar and knowing, hey, I'm going to see wonderful friends. I got to look forward to this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Listen, a bottle of champagne, come on. Yeah, no, no, come I agree. I, I can mail that. <laughs> By the way, not even mail it. Uh, listener, uh, there's one listener. How many listeners are one? <laughs> so here's the fun thing. I realize that I've become a mule. And what I mean by mule oh God, is, I know what this is. So Wendell needs something. It may be an instrument. It may be a biologic. It may be infant Tylenol. <laughs> and you carry the word for him. He, he sends me messages. Hey, can you grab you know a few boxes of this before you come? Can you do this before you come? I literally feel like a smuggler yeah, yeah. coming across the border that they're going to search my suitcase. <laughs> You're like, no, but I'm find, for this guy. Yeah, I'm like. Oh my God! Here I go. They're gonna are they gonna strip search me? So we, we have a, for we have infant Tylenol. We have a yeah. national shortage of infant <laughs> we do. Tylenol. So Brian's him from the U.S. and everyone's like, "Oh, someone's from the U.S. You got to ask them for infant Tylenol." So I asked Brian to bring one or two boxes. Credit to you, you brought four. Hey, and by the way, wait a second. They're not for you. They're for friends. So are you now turning around and selling? He's making a profit. Making a profit. He's making a profit for sure. Well, I didn't even ask him for Brian, the I don't know if you noticed, but my wife is 37 weeks pregnant. Trust me, it's for our family. I, and I did notice the pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, the belly's hard to miss. <laughs> uh, B looks great. She looks lovely and gorgeous. But but I like the dinner. I think the dinner is a better, much better option. Yeah. It forces us to get together. Yeah. Now, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm honest, I can't eat everything. And what I mean by that is not, no spice. But the winner chooses the restaurant. We'll take yeah. you to McDonald's. Oh, no. No, no, no. Euros? No. Euros? Euros. Love Euros. No, no, no. This is going to be a nice, lovely dinner with spouses. Yep. I'm down for that. That's, a, that's yeah, an easy one. It's okay. It's a bet. And we have it recorded. So you, the. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll just take this down. back. Let's back. Let's start over. I'll start exactly. the podcast over. I should start picking the restaurant right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing about this, listen, we're it's Canada and the US. He's for I, sure going to do this. I actually, um, and we were chatting about this yesterday with uh, Dr. Suka. You know, that people say, oh, is your, is your family here, your spouse here? Mm-hmm. And um, to that, I, for years, have asked my lovely wife, Emma, to come on trips. And it's all about where you are in life. And so I don't have the time. Yeah, it's hard right. for me to get away. Yeah. And so she's been a wonderful mom, stays home. So, listen, I will invite my wife mm-hmm. to, well, actually, it's going to be the other way around when I win. <laughs> See, see, you already know you're losing. Yeah, when I win. Am I the only one that acknowledges I'm going to lose? Yeah. yeah. I guess the hard part of this is it'll be dinner for maybe five. Unless uh, and how about this? Whoever's the winner, that's the country we do it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you I know what? I don't mind taking a trip. To- yeah. yeah, I love traveling. Yeah, and so does Lexi. Um, so I just have to make sure my passport's up. <laughs> um, yeah, I look forward to it. Okay, that's awesome. Another current event we have to talk about is, you know, this is our November episode, yeah. obviously, but we will not be having a December episode because of the aforementioned pregnancy. You know, baby's coming in close. now. Yeah, we're within three weeks. So baby's going to be here soon. So there will be no December episode, but we'll be back in January. And we have some good guests lined up next year. We do, we do. But I will back... Ryan's comment is, I can't believe B is doing in three weeks. Yeah. Like, she looks great. She's walking around. She's making breakfast. She's doing, like, what do you do? Like, she's amazing. No, we've, we've often commented, I'm sure Brian, we're, we're very fortunate with their wives. Yeah. They tolerate a lot. They do a lot for us. Like, we would we would not be where we are without Lexi, them. Lexi, that doesn't mean you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I don't know if you mowed along this in the last episode, but we were talking about our wives, and I went first, and I said... Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, and I, you know, I said this and this and this and this about my wife and financial planning, and then we turned over to Oscar. And Oscar starts off by saying... Well, first of all, I just want to say, my wife is amazing. And I was like, oh, do I have to clarify? You're like, hold on, I, I think that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, I think Oscar said, it goes without saying. Yeah. But when you preface it with a start, that yeah. must be You know what? You, you're going downhill from that. Yes, yeah, for sure. I'm like, don't get mad at me after I say this. Yeah, yeah something's coming. Definitely. Yeah. So the nice thing, Brian, about you coming down is you were here. Up, up actually. Oh, yeah, coming yes, up. Sorry. Yeah. You're coming up from Charlotte is. You were here for, you know, U of T's now, you know, rebranded, yes. continuing education, education day. day. It's not just for alumni now. No. now. They invite everyone, other program directors, residents, and 
What was nice to see is we had a bunch of programs actually turn out. We, yeah. had, we had Manitoba, we had Laval, we had McGill, and we had U of T. So, That's you know, a good percentage of our programs. Yes, a lot a lot from the different programs, a lot of staff, a lot of program directors. So that was really nice. Residents making their presentations, kind of trying to get their name a little bit more yeah. known. And, and also to practice, right, presenting in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Brian, you were invited as a keynote speaker. And we were talking about this. It's tough because... If you're the keynote speaker at the U of T day, the way it works is, you know, there's abstract presentations, there's little updates from everyone else, but it's on you. The keynote isn't like, you know, your normal keynote. Here's the one hour you're the keynote. It's five hours, six hours, like three part lectures. And it's hard to keep everyone entertained and have enough material to present. But we both thought you did an amazing job. And I think the feedback was really positive to you when you were talking to people. So credit to you for being able to keep people entertained for that long. Honestly, when we got, so we, Side note, we got to Wendell's house early and, and his son answered the door, not Wendell, because he didn't hear the doorbell. But we were talking outside house saying, for six hours, we were all entertained. Yeah. Like, no one wanted to leave. You know, so you go to some courses and you're like, okay, it's good. But like, at this point, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. And we were all like, keep it going. Like, it was great. It was definitely. Yeah. And I just thank you, by the way. Thank you. On that note, you know, interestingly, there was a schedule. There was an agenda. And if you actually looked at it, we probably weren't even anywhere near. No, at all. <laughs> and, we were in the, and the truth is, I just get the sense that no one really cared. No. I'm glad to hear that everyone enjoyed the talk. But also, I mean, at breaks, there was so much socialization yeah. and mingling and catching up. That we almost and, didn't restart. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it, we were literally just kind of pushing the day back and back and back. But honestly, it felt like no one wanted to leave. We were enjoying it and learning. And it was a fantastic event. So Thank you to uh, the University of Toronto for bringing me up. I had a wonderful time and uh, it was a great, it was a great day. Hopefully people got something out of it. Yeah. So we said, listen, you're coming up. We, we wanted to record a podcast with you for a long time. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the only awkward thing that it kind of created was, you know, you started getting used to being invited up and, you know, accommodation and flight. And yesterday you're asking me, hey, uh, you know, I don't mean About to be my a stipend. St- yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're asking for a stipend for us. That's what I mean. I turned around. I was like, okay. Well, I, I you're the you first know. guest in the history of the show to ask for, you know, a stipend to appear on I, the show. I just assumed. I just assumed <laughs> with all the sponsorship like, that this thing had, <laughs> I need to be compensated for my time. What would be a fair compensation for your time? Probably another bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay yeah. with that. We're okay with yeah, that. Yeah, we're okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I just felt like I needed to egg you. I needed, hey, I needed hey, to rib you a little hey, bit hey, about... And honestly, when you said that, that's when I was like, oh, I think I'm being called to the washroom here. I got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, don't you deal with this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if you guys have turned the mic on yet. <laughs> Until we've established... Yeah. The, what are the, the fees here? Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this, is, this, is not, uh, yeah, this is not free. We're not going to um, all of a sudden finish and go, oh, what do we owe you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, we're really happy to have you. Welcome to the show. That's it for current events. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time at the, the U of T event. And Which I think if people that. have a chance next year to come out, it is a great event. Yeah, and, but I will, I will also say I had a great day and the night was also fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful mingling with everyone mm-hmm. last night. So kudos to, to Marco, Dr. Uh, Dr. Caminiti about uh, kind of putting that together and being inclusive. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who bought me shots and drinks yeah. last night. There's a lot of drinks um, being purchased for you. I literally, anytime I turned around, I was getting handed something and it was all delicious. So and I want to thank everybody. There was always a resident chasing you. Yeah. I want to thank you. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful evening and I'm still feeling it today. <laughs> Which is why, by the way, I believe mimosas and Bloody Marys were designed for just that. Yeah, right? feel to, to get back on the saddle, yeah. to, to sort of... Let's get you some vitamin C. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Uh, I, got, I feel like I've got a little bit more pep in my yeah. stuff already. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so that's it for current events. Now we'll jump into our main guest segment for questions for Brian Farrell. 
So Brian, we did want to ask you some questions. I mean, it, we, we've tried to record this podcast yeah. for a while. It's been a long time coming. You know, we originally, you've been listening to me. You, you know that we were trying to get you a long time ago. And we had, we had you booked. We booked you, paid your stipend, we paid the deposit. <laughs> the money was in escrow. It was locked in. Hey, listen, Oscar, do you know the story about me letting Wendell use my credit card for some of his Apple accounts? <laughs> no, I don't actually know this. Yeah, so um, ultimately, we were kind of going back and forth last night about, we were truly, truly joking about the stipend. Listen, for future guests, make sure that you get everything you can out of these two. <laughs> but we were we were kind of joking a little bit about, forgive me, Wendell, what was it? It was the it was an it was I, Apple account or something. The iCloud like, backup. Okay. You now you have to back up yeah. your phone yeah. each month with right. iCloud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I guess they wouldn't accept an address that wasn't the United States of America. Okay. For a billing address. For a billing for address. So ultimately, I end up, I don't know, was I a, a momentary loss of reason <laughs> or something like that? I gave my credit card number to Wendell. How and so that, now, how yeah, I, like I said, I don't even know <laughs> if he snookered me or what he did, but I literally get a recurring charge to pay for Wendell's um, iCloud account. And so all of a sudden we were kind of talking about stipend and he's like, okay, well now you probably, wait, I'm probably about $144 for the $1.09 a month that, that goes to my credit card. <laughs> But well, the infant's Tylenol. We haven't yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that. Like, yeah, we like, haven't talked about that. that. <laughs> there were a few drinks last night. I think we're probably even. Yeah. yeah. Probably I think even. we're probably even. I now. think we're even. Yeah. yeah. yeah but hold on. Is the credit card off of this Apple account yet? You know, well, I, the good I, news I, is I, I think I, it's been canceled. I, I played the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to get over here. Plus I was, I was, yeah. Interestingly, I was trying to get over here this morning, and the Uber account wasn't accepting my credit card. And I'm like, oh, when here we go. Wendell. Yeah, it probably has something to do with Wendell. <laughs> you know, and, and I think those people that were in the uh, the meeting yesterday probably appreciate. Um, I often kind of grip my teeth in the in what comes out of my mouth. Wendell. <laughs> well, I mean, this is one of the things I want to bring up. You know, oh, pre- you want to bring it up? Well, previous guests have made fun of me or Oscar, but it's definitely skewed way more towards making fun of me. And we had yeah, yeah. we had McCool, which pretty much uses episode as a punching bag. He for just me. Oh, he owned you that. He owned me that day. We have Marco Kimini come on. And I thought he was going to use the punching bag. No, you still kind of owed you a little bit, still kind of owed me a little bit, too, because he's my boss, too. Yeah. Now we have Michelle Alakin comes on. And to be fair to Michelle, he made one or two comments. Yeah. But it was mostly me making fun of myself, and that's fine. You know what? I, I think I, I was thinking about that before. And I think I realized. I think it's because you poke the bear more. I do. So you know what? You deserve it more, yeah. I feel. Right? Well, I brought this up yesterday well, what, because... What did, I, what did I say yesterday? You tell me. What did I say? No, so I brought it Stay up. Stay in your lane. It's love. <laughs> well, Brian spent a six-hour lecture. Maybe two or three hours of it was making fun of me. And honestly, we were in tears. We were all like, we were, everyone finishes knows you well. part one making fun of me. He finishes part two making fun of me. The video? Then he starts at part three and he starts off with the video. I was. Everyone just laughing for 10 minutes. And then he goes, you know, I'm going to keep this Wendell thing going. That's that's okay with everyone. Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was leading that cheer. I was, <laughs> you love him being yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Well, we, maybe maybe we ought to break down the uh, the video for those who you, you want to do this, Wendell, or yeah, you want yeah. me to do you this? You got to start by why the video happens. I'll start with the setup, and you can explain the video. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, I, I always say when I introduce, because I've introduced you now multiple times in lectures, and, and I always say, listen, Brian's a phenomenal guy. Love this guy. It's all love, as you like to say. It's all love. And there's no real negatives of my no, year with them. No, like, we like never you, fought, never we complained. never argued, never yeah. complained. It was just a great year. Well, I, d- I just didn't do that in front of you. No, I said, <laughs> I, said I never did. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a one way. Like I said, great. But... You know, Brian, I, I said, he has, you he said he had one quirk. quirk. He has one quirk. Yeah. One weird high maintenance quirk. And it's this parking spot yeah. at the office. 
And the weird part is it's not like, you know, right in front of the door. It's not right in front of the elevator. This it's is not, what I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand. It's not a yeah. VIP yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you looked at the parking spot, you would never you choose that. You wouldn't have picked that one. But let me explain the, the spot. Is it the shade? It's the shade. Yeah, so it's, it is in the shade, yeah. and it gets and hot. And in the summer, and that makes sense. It, it yeah. makes sense, and I'm a A to B guy. I'm a point A to point B. I truly don't need to ride in something fancy. Yeah. I would get speeding tickets. I would get all kinds of problems. <laughs> but I was literally using hand-me-down cars. Mm-hmm. I truly get hand-me-down cars from an old partner. It's got to be turned in. Hey, I'll drive it for <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, a car I was driving had no air conditioning. Okay, now this makes more sense. Yeah, no air conditioning. <laughs> it's hot as hell. <laughs> and so that spot allowed me to, at the end of the day, when I went out to, to the vehicle, it was in the shade. Yeah. That's why that spot matters. It, it, it matters to yeah, me. Yeah, it yeah. matters to now me. Now I get Wendell it. Wendell continues. <laughs> so this parking spot really matters. And, and if you want to picture it, it's a tree and then a curb and then the spot. And there's a lot of spaces to the left of it. Yes, but nothing there's no to the right. There's no spaces to the right. And that's why the, the tree provides the shade. So it was parked there. So one day, you know, me being the pot star, I'm doing this shit disturbing. Like, yeah. I'm just going to park in the spot, see what happens. Now, obviously, I, I waited a good three, five months. Like the yeah. first three months, I was. Yes, Dr. Farrell. Yes, sir. No, yes. sir. Yes, sir. And then after maybe a month or two, him. I was like, I got to know him. I was like, now I can, you know. The story's yeah. already off kilter because I literally on day one would say, call me Brian. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Dr. Dr. Farrell. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Farrell. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, no. Yeah. That didn't so, already listeners. See, the, the, already already listener, <laughs> the story's not right. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So, then I, I so yeah, I'm going to park, I'm gonna park in, the, in the spot. You know, I'm parking in the spot. So, what happens? So, I park. And you, know, and you can imagine. I drive into the spot and I park. I go up. So Brian and did you do this like knowing something's gonna happen, or I did it not so much knowing something's gonna happen. I did it to kind of rattle to see what's gonna happen, but more of a rattle like, ha ha! I got here earlier than you, so I took your spot to show you. Hey, I'm prepared. I'm here early. I'm seeing the patient wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. Because Brian's usually pretty damn early, and he's and you're ruthless about like punctuality. Like if you're late, you're late, mad. Yeah, yeah. He's mad. He's like, why are you late? Yeah. So I'm there early. But but again, breaking deeper on that. Remember, I just I think that. It's courtesy, right? Someone is some, I get so frustrated in my day if I'm behind because those individuals have taken time out of their day. We owe it to them to be there when their appointment was scheduled. And And that part you can control. You can control getting to work in the morning. Like for example, when you're supposed to start a surgical case and you've got the anesthesia team there, the OR teams there, the patients sitting there, they're nervous. You got family yeah. there and you decide to yeah. roll in late. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. That's just, that's the one thing you can control your day. You can control yeah. and being on time is something you can control. And it's about, it's, it's about conscientious about other people's yeah. time. It was, it was pretty cool. Like you were on time the entire year. I remember like hospital office, like you were never late ever. So I get there, I, I had a parking spot. It was, and it was, it was meant to be more of a ha ha. I yeah. got here first. <laughs> so I go up and I park. And I didn't realize, so he had, he had parked, he came in, and then he'd come up. And I wasn't looking, you know, he, his office has a great view of the parking mm-hmm. lot in the area. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't checking. I said, oh, he might have parked next to me or parked somewhere else. I was more just thinking, what's his reaction? Yeah. So he walks in, and he's like, just give me the silent treatment. So he didn't he really do me. much. He didn't say anything. Okay. He just kind of said, and at the time, I thought it was because he was angry at me. Yeah. But as you're going to see, as the story progresses, <laughs> there's a little more to it. Yeah. So then the day's done. We did some jaw surgery. I'm leaving. And I said, I said bye, Brian. See you later. And he said, he's like, have a great day, Wendell. So I'm like, weirdly have a great ride home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weirdly calm with this. And then I get to my parking spot, and this is where the video begins. Yes, and so <laughs> what I chose to do was to retaliate. I parked so close to his vehicle <laughs> that he could not get in from the normal driver's side. Yeah. Well, I, I chose to record this. In fact, I had never shown any human <laughs> being 
this video like, until I didn't know yesterday. We got until, to see this until yet. yesterday. Yeah. To start off lecture three yesterday was basically about a three some minute video of just watching Wendell walk out, realize that um, he was in trouble and he couldn't get into his vehicle. So he ultimately, and this is all on the video, he ultimately has to get in through the passenger side. He gets in through the passenger side, goes to the driver's side, but forgets to close the door. And puts his seatbelt on. And puts his seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, what's funny about the seatbelt is, I, I never I never realized how stupid that was. Well, but, yeah. I mentioned it yesterday. Yeah, but, but that's just, I'm just, and I'm up, by the way, in the video, and I was trying to make sure that people could kind of hear it, because I'm kind of talking over it. I'm giving video <laughs> narrating. Yeah. I'm narrating. Mom, and I'm like, I'm like, like, watch this. He's... I'm like, he's, he's going to forget to close the door. He's going to forget to close the door. He forgot to close the door. Yes. And then, you know, just by second nature, he's in a vehicle. He's like, safety. I got a buckle. He adjusts the mirror at one he point. He adjusts the mirror. And he, anyway, he inches, inches out, gets back, undoes his seatbelt, gets out, has to um, essentially do the walk of shame. Do the walk of shame. And my only, my only, I mean, the video is hilarious, but when I was watching yesterday, my only wish was right at the end, I take off my seatbelt and I close the door. And as I'm walk, walking back, you look up, oh, I, I look up right yeah, you. But you know, it's tinted, so I couldn't, I didn't know if it was there. And I was like, does he know? Is this what his You should have given him the finger. I wish <laughs> yeah. I had given him the finger. My only girl of the video is if I finished it with like, giving the finger, I would have like, at least I had the last yeah. word. Yeah. Maybe the best part of the, and I, listen, it, you know, it's one of those things where you could move on. Like, okay, this is kind of funny. But the narrative was important because the last line I said yeah. was, don't park in my spot. <laughs> don't park in my spot. So, but you anyway, but to Wendell's, you know, to his credit, and he's he perseveres. So the next day, he tries to do it again. Yeah. What he does is he backs in. And I always back in. Yeah. He backs in thinking, oh, that way now you can't it. stop. The driver's side is now on the tree side. So you can always access. He can't park on the tree. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> we have video proof of how I handle that. Yeah. Um, and so the point of this long story is be better, stay in your lane. And, <laughs> Don't uh, park in my stone. That was the title of your slide, stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane. I thought, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just feel like 20 to 30% of your lecture was making fun of me and the audience is loving we it. Lo we enjoyed it. And I was talking to McCool about this after. I was like, you know, you're making fun of me, Brian. I, I make fun of myself a lot. You know that, yeah. Oscar. You I make fun of me. And by the way, the, there's nothing better than just being honest and humble, self-deprecating. I think that's that's life. It's real. It's human. And you just uh, you just you just put a wall of ignorance and it shields my heart. So <laughs> I told McCool, I said, you're making fun of me. Uh, Brian's making fun of me. Like, what's the deal? And he, he goes, he said last night, he said, listen, Wendell, you're just irresistible to make fun of. <laughs> so you know what I said? So you think I'm irresistible? That's, that's all. That's it. Yeah, you just gotta listen to the first half so of that sentence. So you think I'm irresistible? Yeah. 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 You're well, like, you're like, I knew it all along. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody hears what they want to hear, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I also made a point of saying this. Listen, it wasn't a complete bash of Wendell. It was love, yeah. right? I mean, we most of us would probably agree if we're if we're not talking to someone, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a problem. Mm -hmm. But if we're kind of having fun, this is loose. We're kind of prodding, probing. And by the way, you, I mean, people can make fun of me all you want. I mean, if you can't. You know, you can give it, but you have to be able to take yeah. it. If you can't yeah. take it, then uh, you're probably not going to be friends. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. So, yeah. You know, enjoy yourself. So we were at Amos in Nashville. Oscar couldn't attend. He's on the Zoom call. He's we're ready up. to go. Microphone's ready. I got the studio set up. Microphone's <laughs> the studio. Ready. You mean the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> Microphone's gonna go ready to record. Where's Brian? Yeah, I know he's coming. I booked it for 1 p.m. to make sure it was nice and early in the day. And unfortunately, Brian, you know, you weren't really able to make it for that recording. We weren't able to do the podcast. This is, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah. 
You want to enlighten the audience as to why you, you weren't able to make a 1 p.m.? Uh, I, I, I don't record. recall. He was I don't busy. Recall. He was busy. He set us up. Pretty I, I I really don't remember that. Uh, I'd have to talk to my agent. <laughs> the um, stipend check wasn't through. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, and I have to uh, I have to truly truly go back because that's that's a year ago. So I certainly <laughs> wouldn't remember that. I remember calling Brian Bell because you weren't picking up your phone, and saying, "You know where Brian is?" And Brian and Brian Bell goes, "Listen, Wendell." Brian is not in a condition. <laughs> for, there is for, no podcast happening today. For, for, for the sake of your listeners, you don't want to have him on. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, of course, I was probably sitting right next to him, holding up the cue cards, telling him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. He's got your back. I actually do kind of remember that. Listen, we all love these meetings a chance to connect with yep. people that you haven't seen for years. And, and also, Nashville was big. And actually, a lot of people actually said this yesterday at the meeting in, uh, here in Toronto, is the world's opening. Yes. Right? Feel so normal now, now we're back at meetings. The Nashville meeting was really big because yeah. it was the first one that we had a chance to get out and connect. Yeah. And I'm very, very fortunate to have a wonderful collection of friends from all over the world in the States and, and here in Canada. And I walked down a hall and I literally, it's so fun just to connect. And so if I'm trying to leave an exhibit hall or I'm trying to go someplace, it's hard to get yeah, out. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, hey, hey, hey. And you take three more steps. Hey, hey, hey. You take a couple of, hey, hey, hey. It, we, it's a it's a brilliant thing. We saw even yesterday on a small scale, we saw that yesterday, right? Like you're you're done your presentation where I was supposed to go on break, but you never left the room. Yeah. You never There's made no it to the snacks. You. Yeah. you never made it to the drink section. Well that's why I had to have the muffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's also I was hungry. I was hungry <laughs> and never really got out of the room to go grab I did have a few caffeinated drinks because I was very fortunate to land in Toronto and, well, we just sort of started having fun. But anyway, a little caffeine to kind of keep me going. I'm kind of having an internal, I'm probably a little bit tired wound or I have a little bit faster energy or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I never really had a chance to get out and eat yeah. um, because we were doing a lot of chatting and so forth. So it was a great day, wonderful day. And I'm very uh, honored to come up and speak. And I'm very, obviously very flattered to be president-elect. so brian our producer wasn't able obviously to make it to toronto for this episode or the meeting he was really sad but just you know you always talk about scheduling in life he's actually you know brad we're talking about obviously he's a big dolphins fan yeah and he you know you love annual traditions meeting up with friends so he has an annual tradition where they'll go to one dolphins game a year and this year they're going to chicago because it's the bears and dolphins playing today so he wanted to say hi Um, he's also from (laughs) iowa Oh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. So I hear that. And he sent us this to ask you. I don't know what this means, but he said, can you ask Brian if he can finish this quote? Ooh. Is this heaven? Dot, dot, dot. No, it's Iowa. Is that from Field of Dreams? That's Field of Dreams. Oh, okay. Because so, I was looking. Dreams. You uh, know it instantly. Sure, yeah, like you didn't hesitate yeah. at all. Yeah. I was like, yeah. They're, they're coming out of the cornfield and uh, they're talking to Costner. Yeah. And they're like, you know, is this heaven? I was looking you at that. You knew it right away. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, because yeah. he, he said it to us and we were like, we don't know what this is. I'm like, is this happening? I'm like, I don't know where he's going to go with that. Is it like, I had no idea where that was going. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know. So this is, this is interesting. So last night we were on our way to the party and we were with uh, Marco and Kat and the owner of a restaurant or something like that in Toronto, we were talking about it and it was an actress and we kind of threw it out and someone couldn't remember the name of the actress. And we're like, okay, the movie. What movie was it in? Mm-hmm. Baseball movie. Well, guess what? There's only literally like five baseball movies. Yeah. It could be Kim Basinger in Natural. It could be 
Susan Sarandon and Bull Durham. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, whatever. And so it ultimately was Susan Sarandon. But that's sort of that, the synapse fires because, oh, it's a baseball movie. And there's oh, not much else. Yeah. yeah. So back to that point when, when Brad, as an Iowan, says, is this heaven? You know where it's going. It's Iowa. Yeah. And I did notice there were some Iowa There is a lot. Of, it was a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. And then, especially as he's not showing up today. He's not showing up. I mean, I get it. Listen, I get he's from Iowa, another Iowan on the show. It is a big deal, so I'm going to give Brad a pass. But I did notice he tried to sprinkle in some Iowa stuff. Like, for example, his first question for you was, you know, you come across as a really positive people person. And it's already come across in this interview. Like, you're you're an optimist. You're a positive. Like, yes. let's do it. Let's get better. Let's fix it. Let's get this complication yeah. right. You're not a negative person like, oh, woe is me. My life is yes, stressful. Yes, yeah. I'm busy. And I, again, I've only met you yesterday, today, and I can tell that already. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, you're an engaging personality to be around. But it's nice to have a positive person. Because yeah. a lot of people are kind of negative about the, especially negative about the stress, yeah. negative about the, you want to be positive. And what do you want to know is, you know, what is the most important aspect of patient management or this positive bedside manner? And do you feel being an Iowan has shaped your outlook? And he said, you know, there's an Iowan ethos to you. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, ethos. Can I look, can we quickly Google? Quick so, I, so I understand. Can you use it in a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like the script spelling bee. So in terms of Iowa, I just think from a Midwestern background, maybe Midwesterners are labeled as being sort of proverbial salt of the earth yeah. type of people. It's obviously mom. It's obviously dad. It's uh, genetic. It's, it's in us in terms of just caring about people. And if I kind of go to the question that you're posing there in terms of patient management, I think it's very important to connect. And so I, I mentioned this yesterday. If I'm doing, for example, an orthodontic consult, mm -hmm. I intentionally will have that individual, particularly if they're a teenager, in the room and we'll, we'll, it'll be me and her or me and him. Yeah. The door's open. But the concept is I get an opportunity to sort of engage, um, hey, how are you? What am I taking yes. you from? What would you be doing if you weren't seeing me? And it's truly- You're knowing them now. Yeah, now yeah. it becomes a little bit more, oh, you're, you're playing football. Oh, you're, you're, you're doing dance. Mm -hmm. Oh, you like this, you like that. And ultimately, it's a chance for us to kind of connect on that personal level. And then after we've done collecting the records and so forth, well, then we're going to go and, and re-engage and, and say hello to mom or dad or family or spouse or Nick and other. But I just think that connection is important because I, I think it's important when people walk out of the office that they appreciate the fact that um, you took the time to know took them. the time. And also we're going to take good care of you. Yeah. Right. You're going to, you know, it, it sounds very cliche, but we're going to treat you like family. Yeah. We're going to treat you as best we can. And we all know that unfortunately shit happens, but when that unfortunately does occur, you run at an individual, yes. not away from an individual. And I just think it's just, it's just being, it's being human and being kind, but uh, thank you, Brad, for going really deep on the Iowa ethos. I don't, I don't even know if I got it. Was that, was that, <laughs> that, that Iowa ethos? Honestly, I think, and, and it's funny you say that. So now that I've been in our practice in, in Crescent Hill for going on four years now, you spend a little bit more time with that helping them hire the next person and talking to them, having the discussions with the partners. And it is true. You can teach most surgeons to be a good surgeon, right? The skill, mm -hmm. the carpentry of oral surgery, but you can't teach them to be a good person and yeah. to interact well with your patients and to interact well with your referrals. So being a good person, it matters a lot. And it's not something you can teach. Well, I think it goes, it just goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a long way. And, and kind of joking about the, the way the, the United States is at the moment. You remember there's just, there's so much spite and hatred mm -hmm. We're looking for common sense, but I think common sense is just being a nice person, yeah. taking good care of people and 
the carpentry and the jaw surgery and the removal of wisdom teeth, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. We as surgeons take on a lot of responsibility. We got a lot on our plate and just making sure that people understand we have their best interests in mind, I think just goes a it long matters. way. It goes a long way. So, And so along speaking with the Iowa, because I think Brad wanted to keep this going, was it a decent aspect of the Iowa Dental School curriculum dedicated to talking to patients, kind of i.e. recording conversations and reviewing them in group sessions? I would seem to be similar to those folks from the Canadian prairies. That's according to Brad. The Canadian prairies. Where's the Canadian prairies? Like most, ninety percent of the world. Alberta. Yeah, ninety percent of Canada. Yeah, is yeah. a prairie. Yeah. Right? The whole middle part. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. 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 The, you know, I, I think that um, there, there's nothing of it in terms of curriculum. In terms, so it's not of like you guys are getting extra. No. Okay. No. I, I think that that is that is something that uh, you know you have. And I, I think that, remember, some of this has to do with the fact that I'm, I don't even know if you want to think about it. I, I'm, if you think about a career, let's just talk about a career. And maybe someone does it for 25 years or 30 years. I, I kind of view myself as being in the middle, mm-hmm. maybe two thirds if yeah. I'm lucky. <laughs> but the concept of that is, I think that over time, and I, I, we were talking about this briefly earlier, but, you know, as opposed to sort of kind of coming in and being rigid and this is the things that could go on and this is all the stuff. I think there's an important part to sort of an engagement in the in the the uh, kind of the connection on the personal level, and we're obviously taught to cut people's heads off and mm-hmm. train and move things around and all that stuff, and they don't like us for a bit of time. But I think ultimately most of them come back and do like us because we've been on their side. Yes. We we're here to help, and we want the best for them. We yeah. want the best for everybody. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's important. It's important to teach that aspect. You know. That, a lot of being a fellowship director and being an educator is going to be, you know, being a mentor. So in your own experience, it shaped you as a mentor. And how do you view that? Because, you know, one of the number one things people are going to want to hear about from you is your fellowship. And a lot of people describe the fellowship as being core oral surgery because it's orthonathic, at least the part of that's with you. But you've long argued that that's maybe a positive aspect that you're improving on a skill set, even if it is core oral surgery. Obviously, from my personal experience, I've talked about the fellowship all the time on the show, but I mentioned this before. It's very simple to me. It, it changed the career It was career invaluable path. to you. It changed, yeah. One year changed the entire career path of my entire life. Yep. And the simplest way I try and explain to residents is, because they always say, didn't you go to McKill like you're in Canada? You do a lot of job yeah, surgery. Yeah. And it basically just turned, it turned a procedure that I knew how to do and that I would be able to do when I graduated. It turned it from a, oh, okay, I have orthodontics today. I can get through it, but this is going to be stressful. Or to, I would have been fine in it. So now this is the career. I'm choosing to do orthognathic. Choosing to do it. I'm yeah. shaping myself around this. And now when I see, okay, I have an or on Thursday and I'm doing two surgeries that are orthognathic, I'm looking forward to it. That's your day that you want to get to. Yeah, I'm not yeah. stressed worrying yeah. about it. It's more I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So can you comment on the fellowship and how it's always been labeled a kind of a core oral surgery? Well, relation? I think the, yeah, thank you. And, and Wendell really, really, we give Wendell a lot of shit. Wendell did a, did a fantastic, fantastic job uh, with us. And, and all our fellows do a fantastic. And now you'll job. get the stipend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sign off now. Yes. Listen, we we are taking people that are just brilliant. They're movers, they're shakers, and they're going to go on and do wonderful things in the specialty. That truly is what the academic world's looking at, right? Our role is to teach, train, educate, and truly slingshot people behind us, in front of us, to to be the next person, be mm-hmm. the next name, mm-hmm. be the next thing. In terms of the fellowship and the word core. So the concept of core is we're, we're by the book. We wanted our fellowship accredited because we thought it was important to just have that designation. 
Well, unfortunately, we went through all the channels trying to get it accredited, and they ultimately said that they a resident is supposed to get exposure to orthognathic. They're supposed to get exposure to TMJ in their 30 months of residency, in their 48 months of residency. What, what, you know, I'm talking about all surgery side. Obviously, there's medicine, there's surgery, anesthesia. But there's a certain amount of time that a person is devoted to all surgery. Well, remember, you're a junior, and then you become a senior. So your senior year of residency, we hope you got exposed to it enough to where you go out in private practice. Now you're able to handle it. Well, unfortunately, they didn't feel as though a specialty that isn't head and neck, a specialty that isn't cosmetics, that we won't, we're not going to accredit that because they were supposed to pick that up in residency. And that is the wrong mentality. The mentality is these individuals want to get more exposure, more experience. And just using Wendell as an example, hey, you got wonderful training at McGill. You got wonderful training at the University of Toronto. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. not it. And we are not trying to take an individual from one to 10. Yeah. We're trying to take an individual from eight to nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's truly sort of that refinement. But I, I think I mentioned this yesterday. The most important aspect of the fellowship is the autonomy that a person gets now being on the opposite side, meaning, yes, you get a lot of exposure to the, the techniques and here's refinements and here's techniques and here's how you can think about each step and mm-hmm. be better at each step. That way we go through a procedure and be smooth and efficient and stay on the path. But the really, really crucial part of it is as opposed to being underneath the umbrella of having an attending yep. on the opposite side, you are now on the side. Here's the responsibility. Right. And I think the problem, well, well said. The thing is, you know, you know you're a good surgeon when you can get yourself out of the trouble that you've caused. Yeah. yeah. You are a even better surgeon when you can get yourself out of trouble that someone, someone else caused. Yeah, right? nice. And so being, being on the attending side, even in the fellowship label, you know, you're doing a ton of stuff with the residents and now you take on that teaching role and that's that's a brilliant part of it. So yeah. I don't know. That was a very long-winded kind of here and there, but um, super, super excited about the fellowship. It's in the 15th year and it is a machine and it is, it's fantastic. Um, we talked about this briefly, it, you know, on the outside world, it's a, it's Farrell's fellowship. And I think it's very important that the, the, the world realizes that it's, it's exposure to me, but it's also exposure to partners that I have in yeah. the practice. And you're getting not only orthognathic, but you're getting arthroscopy and open uh, arthrotomies and total Which joints. Which that matters so much to you. Yeah. And, and by the way, you may choose not to do that when you actually get out in private practice, but the, the exposure is important. Yep. And so uh, kudos to those that do fellowships. And, and so that actually kind of leads me to, uh, to my question. And usually we have a separate section for resident reminder where we kind of isolate it. And we do, but since you're going to be part of the whole thing, we're going to skip to it in the sense that we're going to ask you resident reminder right now. We're going to use, because this is really important to residents, is... What do you look for in a fellow? What can residents do in order to make themselves a good candidate for your fellowship? And do you ever get interest from surgeons that have been practicing and looking to gain further experience? Asking for myself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe maybe someone that's, that's working in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar, that's, that's interviewing you right now. Like, <laughs> Oscar, let's see what that stipend comes yeah, out. Yeah. And then we'll talk. Yeah. No, uh, listen, I, I, that's flattering to, to, to truly go and lecture and all of a sudden people are like, holy cow, I want to be your fellow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really cool. You know, what we're looking for probably circles back to what we were talking about five minutes ago, a good person, a knowledgeable person, a motivated person, a routine and and willing to to work hard. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're looking for. 
we're fortunate to get really, really what we think are tremendous candidates from tremendous programs. And um, those individuals that we're looking for, you can kind of see that spark that they're going to actually go out and use it and do something, and with, do it. something with it and, and truly move the specialty forward. I can tell you, every fellow we have has been fantastic. Every fellow that we're going to have moving forward is going to be fantastic. And that's just the optimism side of me. Yeah, right? keeps it going. But yeah, it keeps it going. But in terms of most people, to that point, I think it's hard for an individual to go out to do private practice, to yep. taste the money, to now drop what they're doing and go and back commit. and work hard. Yes. Yep. And, and no, 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 that, the wrong way. I said it wrong. Not work. I mean, listen, they're working hard in private yeah, yeah. practice. It's just now going to be hard it's to different. literally, it's oh, different. wait a second. Now I'm rounding in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm doing this. And the paycheck doesn't look the, the same. The paycheck does not look the same. Now, we we truly try and, and change. I, I think we're a little different than a lot of fellowships. And the reason why is because we treat our fellows like junior partners. Yeah. Obviously, we get them licensed. And because they're licensed and they're essentially the first assistant for every major surgical case, we obviously can now bill for them. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when it's all said and done, they well. pay for yourself. They, well. they pay for themselves, yeah. right? But the development of the fellowship was the concept of before we had a fellow, it was me in the room and I would grab a partner. You're taking there. somebody out of the office. I'm taking someone out of the office. Yeah. And so the concept of the fellowship, and I, I think that there are going to ultimately be more and more yep. fellowships and there should be more fellowships. And the fellowships should be accredited mm -hmm. because why, again, why would we punish someone who wants to get more exposure, more experience? Why wouldn't we accredit these things that truly are quote unquote core? Yeah. It gives people just a little bit more understanding of not only business, but the autonomy. And ultimately, as you go out, you look forward to a Thursday as opposed to dreading a yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, I, and I would say for the people that are looking to apply... One of the biggest things, and this might sound obvious, but I didn't think you were letting anyone from Canada apply. No, there's a non-compete. Yeah, there's a non-compete. How long? How long? Was <laughs> it said five years. Remember? Five years. Five years. Okay. So I graduated two years ago, so we have three years. Three years left. So 2026, we look forward to open all season. These, <laughs> all these applications, and, and does that apply to Oscar too? Yeah, I'm writing mine right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. So Oscar is not in the non-compete. Oh, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, he can. He can. He he's can giving me. Yeah, yeah, he can come next year. Yeah. But can you imagine if Oscar did your fellowship? How much we would talk about you on the show? It'd be like well, a nod. Oh, game. it'd be like okay. Look. Listen, if if that truly happens. Oscar, I look forward to <laughs> to the application. But, but the honesty is I probably have a third seat at this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in actually, You don't get a stipend. Well, now you're just unpaid. Well, Oscar and I are probably sitting there at Blakeney. Yeah. And you're the one Zooming. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the one Zooming in. And we're like, hey, Oscar and I are going to record a podcast. Where are you? Do you want to be part of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, do, you think, do you think I could break up this connection? This, no. This? It's easy. Easy. Oh. Yeah. Oscar says it's easy. It's easy. It's look easy. at you. Just, your head just snapped <laughs> to the right to look yeah. at Oscar. You, you asked the question. I instantly said no. And I said it's and easy. he instantly said it's easy to break us I'm, up. I'm applying to the fellowship, man. I got I to gotta be on his side. <laughs> Listen, I've already had you. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm happy to. It sounds like you're not pursuing your own uh, podcast. Remember Farrell and Friends? You oh, Farrell and Friends. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> Listen, I, can I have a couple minutes to plug my yeah. Yeah. Plug, yeah. Yeah, So plug I'm thinking of starting a podcast, and it's going to be Farrell and Friends. And I will pay a stipend. Um, we lost right there. Yeah, <laughs> I will pay a stipend. And it's just going to be friends just talking about, uh, you know, whatever we want to talk Daily about. Daily things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oscar, you're going to be my first guest. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Partnership's getting broken up right yeah, now. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe Oscar's right. You could break us up. Yeah. 
My next question for you is, oh, sorry, but you didn't get to get to the part I was going to say, which was for people that do want to apply, and this sounds obvious, but go visit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you, yeah. you have to go visit. Yes, yeah, and I, you, you cannot, no matter what fellowship it is, head and neck or whatever, no matter what fellowship it is, you have to go and experience yeah. it. it. It's not just like maybe coming in for a day. You need to go and truly understand what it is. And I actually think, and I think you need to do this earlier than, you know, waiting truly to kind of a, the chief year type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the earlier you begin to engage and look at fellowships, if you want to do something bigger, head and neck or cosmetics or TMJ arthroscopy, th- this shouldn't be a last minute yeah. thought when you're doing it in the, the fall of your chief year. I think you ought to be doing this in, in the middle of your residency, looking at programs, looking at fellowships. And, and truly, remember, this is the, I mentioned this yesterday with planning. When you're doing digital planning for, for surgery, you know, it's the, it's the timid, like, let's go forward. Mm-hmm. Let's try two. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's yeah, go yeah. two. So the answer is two. Yeah. I did it work. I'm going to go four. Yeah. Yeah. Six, eight. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's, I mean, the concept of that is it's making a move. It's making a change. But remember, you're not locked into that move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think getting, getting to this stuff early is important. And in terms of determining fellows and, and so forth, no one would rather, I mean, everyone would rather identify their path well in front of, of last minute. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be relying on the last. Yeah, not eleven thousand. Go visit, go visit early. And listen, just talking about like buying a practice one. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought process there is it takes a long time to vet things. It takes a long time when you actually commit to now work through logistics and work through deals and diligence and and licensure and so forth. Mm-hmm. So the earlier that people can kind of make a decision, the better it is for all. And, and even for I would say even for a urine, right? Let's say a guy is amazing, and you're like, wow, that's a star candidate. But he applied, he comes in so late. By that time, you may have already sucked your fellow, where you, yeah, yeah. Where you can't even say, yeah. I, I want to give you a spot, but you haven't committed early enough to me that I, that I have that spot for you anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. And again, uh, we're very fortunate to have a lot of surgeons in the practice. A lot of, we have the prosthetic side in the practice. And so it continues to grow based on the volume. And it, again, it's not just me, it's the, it's the group's volume. But because of that volume, we, we made the move several years ago to two fellows yep. and the volume just continues to stay the same, if not grow. Mm-hmm. And they're busy. Wendell, let's, let's go back. Explain to them about one fellow versus two. It was a big change. Yep. And, and that can scare some fellows to apply. Yeah. I, I think it can. And I, I think that that's, that was a big thing that we literally kicked around for a long time. And I think there's, there's pros and cons, but you know, we now had two and it's important. And, with Wendell and Adam and Michelle and Michael and now Romeo and Kimiko and next year, Matt and Chad. You know, it's important that the, the fellows that we grab and take are here. Yeah. I mean, and, and no one can see this on a podcast, but they're at the same yes. level, yeah. right? You can't, I'm, make, I'm making up a number. You can't take an A and a C. It's impossible. It won't work. Because now, hey, I want A yeah. every time. Everybody. I want A. Yeah, no yeah. one wants C. You have to have you know, individuals that are, that are matched. They, listen, they can be yin and yang, yeah. right? But they're still A's yeah. because yeah. now it's working together. But the, no, the I, I think moving was, to two was good. I think, yeah. So I think it was a super positive change because it's just busy. The quality of life dramatically mm-hmm. improves. Mm-hmm. But I think the best way to summarize it is Jim Howell, the South. So Jim Howell is the former fellow that went to South Carolina mm-hmm. and started the offices there. 
And he is so busy with jaw surgery that I got to the level where he was bringing a partner in. And you're just like, man, he's doing so much surgery and we're not getting to go. Yeah, yeah. And it's really nice because he's a former fellow, so you're going to get experience yeah. very similar when you work with Brian. He's left-handed. So you get so to you use your right hand. Shot, yeah, because yeah, otherwise you're using your left hand for the fellowship yeah. all the time. And you're doing the left side of the face. Well, we as with humans gym, and surgeons have two hands. Exactly. We should use two hands. Yes. But keep in mind, I never used my left hand once before the fellowship. Then I spent a year using my left hand, except yeah. for when I was with Wessel, who's left-handed, or Howell, who's left-handed. Which that alone so is a great. You can use your right hand now. You're getting kind of comfortable with both sides. And Especially if you want to be an educator, right? Yeah. Like you got to be able to teach your residents also both the same sides. thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, it just got so busy. And the huge quality of life improvement was now, instead of one and two call, you're one and three. Big difference. So instantly your call becomes less of a burden. Your caseload doesn't come down. Because in the end, you can only beat a certain amount of ORs, right? Yeah. You're only one person. Exactly. If there's three ORs running that day, you can't beat They did the math three. and said, there are so many ORs yeah. that are not covered by the filler resin because we have too many things happening on the same day. Yeah. Now, the one third thing I'll say is, as you talked about, you need to make sure the fellows match. You know, I was with Adam. Adam and I had different training backgrounds. I would consider both our training extremely high level. You know, he was in Portland, I was at McGill, but different approaches yeah. and backgrounds. So when we would be the staff on cases for like trauma cases. Different or, algorithms. Yeah, like subcondylar fractures is the best example, I think. Adam brought me the way Dirks and all these guys from Portland do subcondylar fractures. He would show me the way they did. I said, this is phenomenal. Oh, okay. This is fantastic. And then I would incorporate things I learned from McGill. And you kind of come up with, yeah, yeah. this is the way I'm going to treat this going which is, You can even learn from each other, which is great. I learned oh, a lot God. from Adam. And I think you learned a lot from me. And we got along great. And it's also nice to have someone to message because you're at the same level being like, hey, we, I just did this crazy case with Farrell. This is the complication that happened. This is what he did to fix Complication? It. What are you talking about? <laughs> we don't have complications. <laughs> but no, like, it's right. Like, let's say you have a tough day on your on your side. You have a bad split. You can't message Farrell and be like, oh, that was such a But you can message your friend and be like, yeah. Oh, I took a beating on that day, right? Like it, it's it's a lot better to have someone else that's at your same level. Exactly. Sure. So yeah. I think I think it would be fair to say we both went in hesitant, being like, yeah, this is not what I signed up. Maybe. And then by the end of the year, when they asked feedback, we said never go back to one. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you know when we look back at all the fellows again, they've all been fantastic. But you know the truth is, Adam and Wendell, when the conversion went from one to two, you know that's going to be something that we always kind of look back to, mm -hmm. right? Because that's when we made the change. Yeah. And. Honestly, if the if the year was awful with Adam and Wendell, <laughs> you're not we would have gone back to yeah, one. Yeah. So kudos to Adam and kudos to Wendell, 13 or 14 or 14 and 13 <laughs> or 41. Remember this last Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah whatever. Tony carry the one. It's yeah, like, what, wait, what, 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 what is my team? My team <laughs> anyway, yeah. So kudos to them for for making it work. And, and I mean, I mean, speaking of all your fellows, you're talking about all your fellows, you like them, but who is your favorite fellow of all time? Oh, and, Wendell. And Wendell, why is it Wendell, Sam Wendell, Wendell, Wendell. <laughs> Why is it Wendell. Sam <laughs> No, I, I listen. No way in hell I'm making that. I'm answering that question. All of them are brilliant. I, I think for the terms <laughs> He's of this like, podcast, that alone. <laughs> you know, for the terms of this podcast, the the, the best. Fellow ever was Wendy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, only to be supplanted by Oscar when he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's no Cheers way in hell. That, exactly. no way in hell I'm answering that yeah. question. Here's here's what I probably need to say. The best fellows. Are your current fellows? No. Nope. Well, they're great too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should say that too. They're great. Here it goes. My partners. <laughs> Peter Franco. Yeah. Jim Howe. John, John Wesley, <laughs> Michelle Zuccalillo, Eric Ryder, Eric Ryder. Those are the individuals that have done the fellowship that we've kept in town. And so the answer, they're the best. Yeah. And, and I think that's the perfect answer. To say. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was, for some reason I was, maybe I've had too many mimosas, but for some reason I was actually drawn to say it was Wendell, but that's like, not you, I'm, thank you for bringing no, no, me out. We're, we're in his house. That's why too, right? Yeah, like, thank you like, for bringing it out of me. 
But so yesterday, a big part of it, I think what impressed a lot of the surgeons in the room yesterday is like your in-office orthognathic surgery, amatory surgery. And so take us back to when you first started doing in-office orthognathic surgery. How did you become confident that it was actually going to work? And what were the events that led to starting this? How did, how did you realize this is something that's going to work for us out here? Yeah. Uh, so let's start with how it came about. How it comes about is in the States, years and years ago, jaw surgery used to be quite widespread, performed by a lot of surgeons because there was better reimbursement from an insurance provider. The insurance aspects declined. And when it declined, the reimbursement went down. The workups are still the same. The amount of time and effort for each patient you know, it just seems big compared mm-hmm. to uh, wasn't extracting wisdom teeth, yeah. putting it in, et cetera. And so ultimately, reimbursement continued to drop. We ultimately wanted to preserve orthognathic surgery. And that, that sounds very like, oh, 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 we wanted to preserve yeah. orthognathic surgery. But the way to do that is to decrease costs. It's to hire more administrative people to badger insurance. So appeal, appeal, appeal. Be in their ear, be in their ear. We ultimately elected and thought one great way to do this was to decrease the cost to deliver the care in a facility because we thought we could perform things in our office and basically take the model from the hospital. So remember the first ones we did, I, I, I you know, the nice thing is I, I kind of forgot that because we're several See, we're, we're probably 14, uh, 14, maybe even 20 years into this. Mm-hmm. But the concept of that is when we first started doing it, it was simple, right? It was going to be a, when we're doing it in the office, we're like, oh, here we go. It was a simple genioplasty. It was a simple mandible. Yeah. It was a simple, simple, simple. And we tried to keep the time down. And what we meant by that is not a, an extended anesthesia time. Well, you start doing that, it works. You start doing this, it works. And so more. over the course yeah. of, a decade, we now become very, very comfortable delivering just about anything. And from a standpoint of an orthopedic side, we will do anything. We will do a segmental maxilla. We'll mm-hmm. do turbinates. We'll do septums. We'll do mandibles. We'll it's like there's nothing. That, we're not. There's nothing we're not. And we did, in fact, back to Wendell and Adam. We we're doing triple jaws in our office now for diagnosed obstructive sleep yeah. apnea. We're doing that in our office, and those individuals are going home in their bed on their couch and. I make a point of saying that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying everyone needs to do yeah, that. Yeah. Simply trying to say that, that it can be. It, it just sort of illustrates the level of gradual growth, gradual confidence that, mm-hmm. yeah, we feel like we can do this here. Yeah. But um, super, super ex- proud about how it's expanded outside of the jaw surgery world to now arthroscopy and open joints. In fact, our practice, Dr. John Nail, we're doing a, a unilateral total joint in the office like in December. and. You know, we now with our prosthodontists on board, we've got our prosthodontists in house, and the prosthodontists have taken the full arch rehabilitation, zygomas, and all that stuff, and we're doing it with a tube in, so someone isn't choking or yeah, yeah. or so forth, and the cleft and hip harvest and so forth. So, the the long point of the story is, it's an evolution, and what I mean by that is, when we first started doing this in the office, we were doing it to keep cost contained, but we weren't able to build facility fees or things like that. We ended up getting our office accredited by an accredited organization. How often is that accreditation? Do you have to like... uh, It's every three years. Three years. So the first time you do it, listen, it's vigorous. I mean, it's intense. There's there's eight criteria if you use AAAHC. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to quality assurance, 
uh, patient rights, standard of care, blah, 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 you know, that type of stuff. But you can get Triple uh, HC, you can get uh, JCO, which in the United States basically means you can build Medicaid, okay. Medicare. <laughs> so, but ultimately, when you think about that, so in the beginning, we sort of illustrated, and this is this is brilliant. I give Danny Catola, our office manager, tremendous credit for his push. But ultimately, we were able to now ask patients and their families for itemized hospital bills. Uh-huh. In fact, I showed a few yeah, of those yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the itemized hospital bill from 10 cases at the hospital. Here's 10 cases that we've delivered in our office. Yeah, yeah. Notice the difference. Yeah, yeah. And so ultimately, that evolution and that fight ultimately now illustrated to the insurance company, it's better. holy cow, we're saving money. We now can deliver the same care, yeah. have good outcomes, great outcomes, and ultimately, we could pay you yeah. all of your surgical fee, add a facility fee, and now we can make jaw surgery profitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been tremendous for us. It's a great model. And we are very, very excited about trying to get that model other places. Let's get that throughout the states. Let's get that into the Canada yeah. market. Let's you, you can do this stuff in-house. And one last point. I've been a little long-winded here. The reason we can do it. Is, is not because Brian Farrell's the surgeon. It's the reason we can do it is fantastic anesthesia care. Yeah. And uh, we have a wonderful anesthesiologist, Dr. Weinberger. And is he dedicated to your office? He's in-house. Wow. He's with us. So um, you guys staff him the whole time. Like, that's his Schmitty job. Weinberger, we are working his tail off. <laughs> I, I think that, I think Schmitty wants to... I don't know, move into the retirement world and we're like, you're, you're like, no, no, not happening. You're not you, happening. You cannot. He is such an asset. But, you know, the, the thing about doing these cases with him, and I know you guys have the, the familiar anesthesiologist mm-hmm. or CRNA that you work with, but we're literally putting like the head wrap on, the, the caramed on or whatever. Yeah. And these individuals are extubated and they're blinking. Yeah. Like, oh, we're done. There's no waste of time. Like, they're done. Yeah. A little uh, brief period in recovery and. After a bit of recovery, we feel very confident in them going home to their own bed, their own couch. Now, two little caveats on that, two little asterisks on that. We spend a great deal of time with them prior. Yeah. And I, I think that that's very, very important. I, I have a wonderful, wonderful individual, Ellie. And every, I, I made this joke. Yesterday we heard about Ellie. Ellie. Ellie she gets I mean, credited. I get, I've even met her my, and I'm my like, fellows, phenomenal. my residents, they actually reach out to Ellie more than they reach out to I've me. I've reached out there several times. Yeah, and Ellie, Ellie's basically my right hand. Yeah. So the concept of that is prior to every surgical procedure, Ellie spends time with them going over post-operative care, diet, medicine, ice, heat, prescriptions, rubber bands, et cetera. But also what Ellie does is passes on her contact information. So you're not calling an office number. You're not calling yes. a number. You are calling a team, person. We call it Team BBF. Yeah. And this dedicated individual literally for 17 years has been the triage. She's been the switchboard operator handling all these questions. So those individuals go home, Ellie's connecting with them. They already know her really well because they spent 30 or 45 minutes with her going over post-op instructions. Everybody comes back the day after. And I think that's important if you want to do jaw surgery in your office. The next day they need to be seen. And the other thing about this is I'm not the one that decides where the surgery is performed. I don't look at them and go, oh, we're doing this in our facility. In my hands, I have the luxury of saying, where do you get the best reimbursement from an insurance provider? Huh. Where do you feel so comfortable? So they get to choose that. Right. Yeah. And so if you've chosen because you have a better reimbursement and you feel more comfortable 
in the hospital. That's where we're going to go. Perfect. Let's do it there. But my team goes there. I'm the surgeon. Wendell's the fellow, and Ellie's there. And Ellie comes to surgery. Ellie as well. comes, oh. and this is what we were joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all these uh, residents and stuff, you guys have gone in and, and done stuff at yeah. night, and you have a surgical tech yeah. that has no idea yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell a periosteal is. It's way harder. Yeah. Harder. Yeah. With more Longer, time. Just, yeah. We literally, in fact, obviously, Ellie stands on Wendell's side. Yeah. And so Wendell's like, put his left hand out, yeah. slap, get your hand back. Yeah. I know what's coming next. Yeah. And I'm going to lay it right here. I Oh, yeah. so, so I think it used to, it was so weird for me at the beginning of the first month because basically so it's six-headed dentistry yeah like, or, yeah that's what it is it's called it's like the, going back to general dentistry where the assistants really pass instruments we're not used to that here so right? but but what's crazy is it's not even you know even in six-headed sometimes you say number nine no no they, it's coming before you even say it yeah to the wow. level where when I was getting used to the Charlotte method she was faster than you if you forget what the next step is you look down and you know where to go cheat. you yeah. see the instrument she put out oh she put out it's an open book J, test she put the J stripper to Jay Strip now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I do that, I do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it, it was crazy that I get used to it being there. And yeah. No, and that also really just adds to your efficiency of your surgery. Right? Yeah, you know, listen, get in, do it right. You know, we talked about this. It's about making sure that it's, each step is done correctly, stay on the path and so forth. But to this point about doing it in the office, I think it's important that people see them back the next day. Mm-hmm. And the concept of that is, remember, day one, they oftentimes, you know, how you doing? Remember, you're never going to get a thumbs up yeah, yeah. the day after. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of this, yeah. right? Or Survive. Oh, thumbs okay. yeah. Right. But the day after gives the chance for us to engage them again, to brush their teeth, to clean them up, to answer yeah. thoughts, questions they have on their mind. And maybe the most important is give them a pep talk. To reassure them. You're going to be fine. You are doing Not only great. them, yeah. but the family. Mom, so I yeah. see everyone on the first day goes up as well. And I, mean, I, I think that's crucial. And a lot of it I find is talking to the parents. You're going to be fine. You're doing well. Saying your kid's fine. This Everything is how it's supposed well. to be. Yeah. This is normal. And, and, and basically, it's, it, like you said, it's reassurance. Yep. Holy hell. And this goes back to that concept that we were talking about, whatever it was, 30 minutes ago. Yeah. You spent time with them on the personal level. Yep. That they are, they're, you care. It's empathy. And, you know, we talk about the, the bowl of empathy. You're ladling out empathy. Mm-hmm. We know where you are. Yeah. What was me? Why did I do this? This sucks. Hang in there. Yeah. Hang in there. We're going to get you down the road just a bit, and you're going to turn a corner, and you're going to be like, cool. cool. So so when you look back, you know, let's say 20 years from now, you know, you're retired looking back on your career. I know you're a humble guy. You like to talk about stuff, but le- legacy. People always think about, you know, what are you going to be known for? Like, I would hope, you know. Probably, for- probably getting the stipend for all future things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biggest accomplishment. How, how does that sound? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, it's important to think not about your own legacy, but also like that you left a positive impact or you changed things, you know. I would hope that CT read, you know, 20 years from now, it's just like, it's not a thing. It's just normal. Like, it just becomes part of people's curriculum. You know, Oscar and I, we have this podcast together. We like to educate people. We like to reach out. And we've met so many people through this. That are impressive, yep. Do you think this outpatient orthopedic surgery, do you think that will be your legacy and everyone will always remember you as the guy that like, just Ooh. skyrocket that or do you think it's something else like what do you think i don't think it's that i actually well, i don't know great question i i don't i think my legacy will be he came and he he fit in you know he came and he was one of no matter what group i'm around i don't know that's why i'm the president-elect of the canadian society because <laughs> i just i just think it's uh it's friendships it's connections it's so 
Yeah, I'm super proud about the fellowship. I'm super proud about the the model and the machine that we mm-hmm. built in Charlotte with the multi-specialty thing with the prosthodontist and the conservative TMJP. I'm, I'm super proud. I'm super proud about a ton of things. But in terms of my legacy, raising good kids. It's huge. Raising, I mean, and I have- And you, I have, you as a parent, like yeah. you, you yeah, have some more matter too. Like when your dad came in today? And, yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Being a second generation all surgeon with my dad mm-hmm. being first, my brother with me, that's a great. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to answer. But, your but question, even man. that, I'm even, sorry, even that, that's nice. That like, yeah, like a lot of people would just talk about their professional legacy. You are saying, yeah, that's important, but you're also talking about how much your family matters to you and how much yeah. raising good kids and having a brother that you get along with and a dad that that you looked up to matters to you as well. So I think yeah. that is important. Show yeah. the kind of person that you are as well. But you're right. I met you yesterday and I had heard so much about Wendell from you, about, about you from Wendell. But yesterday in the room, like watching you interact. Yeah, everyone got along with you. You went to talk to anybody. Like anyone that came up, you're like, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you the time. You came to the course. And that's not everybody does that. So well, that's I, I think that that's, um, yeah, that's, thanks for noticing. But I tell you what, if, and listen, some of the the dental students or some of the, younger junior mm-hmm. residents or whatever, I mean, to walk up and say hi to me, yeah. I'm literally like, hey, yeah, I was there. Yeah. We were all yeah. there, yeah. right? And one day this will be you and one day you'll be here. And and so it's just, it's it's open, it's engaging, it's I'm here now, but you know, and that's kind of the, the wave, right? So I, I was very fortunate to, I was in the right place at the right time. So I'm the youngest guy that joins and, and I was sort of Myron Tucker's pick. Yeah. Wendell made this point earlier about, you know, who's going to be the successor and it's going to be Oscar. And then, <laughs> so then, but, but Myron, Myron sort of, and, and kudos to, to Dr. Tucker. I think Dr. Tucker sort of, he saw, he saw it and said, you know, you're going to, you're going to fill the shoes and he's a small human. So it was pretty easy to fill. The shoes. <laughs> but ultimately you know, in terms of, uh, I don't know, putting it all together. I don't know. I don't know. Guys, I don't even know how to answer all these questions. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited about uh, truly the rendezvous, like we talked about the calendar, when I get to see my friends next. Yeah, I got to work, put my head down, take good care of people, try and stay on the path, watch my kids grow. But, but you're, I'm, but looking you're for, I'm looking forward. Oh, I'm looking forward to, yeah. you know, and so... Those individuals that weren't there at the lecture yesterday. So listen, there's there's a bit of lecture, a little bit of talk, a little bit of show, and then you know you, you break it up with um, you know some photos and some videos of fishing, some photos and videos of some golf, some photos and videos of lake life, some mm-hmm. photos and videos of truly sitting by a fire, and that that's the uh, those are the best parts of the lecture yeah. in my opinion because that's that's the that's the badass part. And, uh, you know, I'll leave today and I can't wait to see Wendell again. I can't wait to see you again, Oscar. I can't wait to see Marco again. I can't wait to see Desuke again. I can't wait to see Nicholas. I can't wait to see everybody Little again. Nicky. I, He's I'm, ne- I'm never going to call yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I just can't, I just can't wait to rendezvous with my friends yeah. again. I can't wait to, uh, to see uh, Brian Bell and Andy Christensen and, and all my buddies. I, you know, that's kind of what you live for. Maybe maybe that shows I'm an old man. I mean, am I old now? No, no. Did that no. just show that I asked you your age. Really? By the way, I had I yeah. had zero gray hair when I when you started the fellowship. So look at this. Oh, you, oh, you stopped dying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I died every just day. You were there. Yeah, yeah, I died every he, day. He's like, just for men. Wendell's here. Yeah, yeah. Just um, for men. But so, so so along that legacy, because again, you 
went away from it. But I do think your practice is a big legacy and, and not just to you, but to the credit of everyone in who came before you and that's coming after you with your practice. So tell us about the evolution of your large group practice. How do you view corporate dentistry and surgery in the private equity? The, the concept of private equity is sweeping, sweeping, sweeping through dentistry. Mm-hmm. It's been in dentistry. It's in orthodontics. It's in oral surgery now, and it's probably in the second or third inning, fourth inning, right? The concept about a major practice, maybe that was too arrogant by saying major practice. I simply meant a practice that has a lot of doctors, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we as doctors never really were educated on the business side of it. Yeah, if, you're a, if you're a practice and you have one doc, two docs, right? Okay. Maybe you were running QuickBooks. Maybe you were doing this. Maybe you were doing that. You were paying salaries, blah, blah, blah. The bigger you get, the larger you scale, the more you need help, the more you need administrative people. We as surgeons can be educated and knowledgeable about taking care of patients, but what we're not educated on is tax law. We're not educated on accounting. We're not educated on this. That's where there's a tremendous advantage to have the COO, the CFO, the Mm -hmm. CEO, the, the head of HR. And so we, for years, we basically had Danny, who was our, our brain, listen to all the people mm-hmm. that were coming and swooping in. And now we basically chose to listen to people. And I will tell you, it, it's all about where you are in the world. And what I mean by that is where you are in life. Some individuals would like to take that off their plate. Some yeah. individuals would like to check I in. Surgery. I want to do surgery. I want to check in at eight. I want to leave at five. Yeah. There are some individuals who want to continue to kind of run the show because yeah. it's a small business. And they that's feel what like they built it. This is theirs. It's, yeah. it's theirs. It's pride. So I think every situation is different. But where the private equity thing I think has weight and has power is a surgeon can work for 30 years. At the end of 30 years, you turn your keys in and you now hope you've built something that ultimately is going to be more valuable mm-hmm. than you bought in at. But now you're going to get a buyout. Maybe you get some real estate. But ultimately, at 65 or 70 or whatever age it is, mm-hmm. you're now going to get a lump sum of money. Where the private equity thing, I believe, has a lot of pull is the time value of money. Yeah. Now you can potentially take money off the table at the age of 40. Yeah. At the age of 40, now you can basically divest. You can go to different just ventures. Working. And now you have the opportunity to use and let you know, 60 or excuse me, 25 more years of, yeah. of time yeah. where you, that money's going to grow for you in different Doing something else. Yeah. Doing something else. And so I think that that can be very intriguing for a lot of individuals. But I think to your point, Oscar, it's about no one wants to lose control. Yeah. It's important that whatever venture you go down, whether you stay alone or whether you do something private equity is I have the autonomy to decide what I want to do, how I want to take care of patients and so forth. And that's the thing, because it's your patient care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Your famous motto is be better. Yep. You always say that, be better. And Well, it just, it, it became very, very evident that you needed something to kind of, uh, just sort of constant to sort of. Are we doing this again? Are we just gonna, yeah. <laughs> I just think that it wasn't really a tagline for any fellow before when. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just feel like um, I, I, I get a, I get a label of, of you say be better often, but yeah, it was never before. Yeah, like, you it went. wasn't that often. <laughs> one. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that. That's fresh material. Yeah, that's good. Mm. You've heard all my material. I've heard all your material. Yeah. That was a new one. Um, how, how about yesterday? I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. We're talking about 
I'm showing a spot. We're looking at the Ramus. And I'm like, looking at Wendell, like, Wendell, what, what's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks at me like he's what's a, the first a, like a deer in headlights. You know why? More down than out. You know why? Why? You had just shown the video. Of what? Of me going the, the car. car. I, was, I was a deer in the headlights. <laughs> I, was in shock. I was in shock. I was processing the video. I was thinking back on my time. What could I have done different? I was like, what could I have done different? Oscar, did you, see him? did you see him take the napkin and, and yeah, yeah. have his eyes just a touch? He, he's like, I gotta go to the washroom, guys. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, uh, so mean I to make you misty. You were a little bit, you were a little bit of gunshot. I, I was a little bit gunshot. I was just, I was just thinking back on that video and I was like, oh, this, how he captured <laughs> And then you start pimping me and asking me questions. I'm like, fine, I'm still thinking about the video. So this is this is fun. Uh, Dr. McCool will like this. I said gun shy, and I don't, you know, maybe that's a guns, guns. So all of a sudden, we're listening to these these great presentations yesterday by individuals from the residency programs. And one of them is a wild dog attack. Yeah. So Nick leans over to me and goes, Canada, wild dog attack. <laughs> and then the next lecture is hit by a rock. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't have gun <laughs> injuries. We have Wild dogs and, and we hit have by rocks. a rock. Canada, baby. It's Canada, dangerous baby. out here. But uh, I don't know. Did you be better. Huh? That has become your motto, be better. And you always say, and what I like about it, is, first of all, it's a good motto, but you would say it like, let's say we'd crush a case, be like, be better. Next time that was amazing. But, but it like, is motivating be though. So you're motivated. Yeah. And also I noticed in your angriest states, and those are very rare. You know, the entire year I can count on my hand maybe time when you were angry with Tell someone. Tell me when I'm angry. What makes me angry, Wendell? When someone burns the lip or yep. hits the lip. Lip bothers me big time. Yeah, so if you're not watching your drill properly or not retracting yeah, yeah. properly and you, and, you, and you injure the lip or you bruise the lip you or you control cut the it. lip, yeah. it's controllable yeah. and you can see it. Yeah. And that's it. It drives me crazy. So let's say that would happen yeah. and the lip got cut and, you know, he'd be angry. But all he would say is, be better. And, and you would feel so And it's horrible. almost worse, right? Because they're not yelling at you. Yeah. And it's like, it just, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I no, want to yeah, be better. I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm Irish and I have a temper. My wife, my wife will attest to that. I have a temper, but I don't know. For some reason in the OR, I, I'm not throwing instruments. That's great, um, though. Yeah. I, there's two ways to, like, for example, I used to have individuals when I was the chief resident. And maybe one of the one year was sort of disappointed with the running mate. And the running mate mm -hmm. wasn't carrying the weight or whatever. And that individual would be like, why, why aren't you screaming at him? Why aren't you kicking him? I said, I talked to him. And I went up and said, you're not carrying your weight. Mm -hmm. What works better? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kicking, yeah. screaming, no, no. damn it. You no, stop listening. No, you walk up. So I, listen, I, thank you. I, there's not much that, uh, that fires me up in the, uh, in the OR outside of stupid mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid mistakes. Uh, listen, I can get fired up. I'm, like I said, I'm Irish, but I'm like a tea kettle. <laughs> blow, blow my spout. We're good. I'm done. Yeah. Perfect. So, but you also use that motto as a way to inspire others to improve. So yeah. how, how do you view, you know, surgical efficiency and, and evolving as a surgeon? Because one of the really important things to do is to never get set in your ways. You want to evolve with the times, evolve with practices. And that's something we actually give Marco Caminiti credit for. Yeah. A lot of people that know him give him credit for is that even though he's at the top of his game and the head of the People program. People change if he thinks something is better. If you, if you introduce something new to him and he thinks it's better, he'll give it a yep. try. He'll try to, like, he's not fixed or set in his no. ways. And you're the same way. You're willing to evolve. So what would you explain to other surgeons about efficiency and evolving and kind of, you know, changing your practice if it's required? Well, listen, just, just back to this concept of where we started as a practice. And, you know, now we've expanded to 13 offices, et cetera. Maybe the motto, if you're, if you're staying the same, you're not changing. Yeah. Right. You need to kind of be ahead of it. I think that 
the the fortunate thing for us is maybe being who we are and doing what we do, we get a lot of individuals who come to us and want us to be beta sites, right? We want you to try this. We want mm-hmm. you to try that. And listen, we're going to try everything. At the same time, I think it's also important to realize that we shouldn't be throwing a solution at a problem that doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. Let's throw solutions at problems that exist. Mm-hmm. But if, a, if there's nothing that needs to be changed or done, then why in the hell are we wasting yeah, time that- on that? But what's important is just understanding that change is gonna, changes happen and vet it, understand it, give it a chance. And uh, if, in fact, you think it's it's cost-effective, it's better from an efficiency standpoint, it's better for outcomes and patients, then th- that's where stuff's going to grow. But some of this stuff, and we, we mentioned this quite heavily yesterday, like customization. Let's just go back to the jaw surgery stuff. I'm a jaw surgery guy. Listen, I think the custom is, is great. And I, I believe that the surgeons in Canada should be able to use custom when necessary on complex cases. Yep. But ultimately, what, what happens is, I think being rational and smart, you're, you're not going to be egregious and throw custom on everything. Yeah. But there are indications for using custom, and the increased cost is, is justified. Because better treatment it, it's a better treatment, it's a better outcome, and so forth. But we should not be negligent and throw custom on absolutely everything, because yeah. we all know that's not necessary. But anyway... I just think it's important to adapt with the change and, and listen, kudos to the program directors and kudos to the chairman who truly are understanding what technology is in front of them as program chairs and fellowship directors. And remember, we have an obligation to the residents that we're training, the fellows that we're training to get that exposure to not only like, a, like, like use a, a vendor as an example. Hey, I'm just this guy. I'm making it up. I'm a, I'm a striker guy. I'm a striker guy, or I'm a KLS guy, or I'm a materialized guy, whatever it is. Well, remember, we should never box ourselves in a corner and say, it's this, it's this, it's this. Mm -hmm. We owe it to fellows. We owe it to residents to get them exposure to systems and implants Mm -hmm. and and all types of things. So, you know, that's that's a a testament to those who do adapt on the fly. And so along the lines of adapting and learning and changing and evolving, what do you see in the near long-term future for orthognathic surgery? Ooh, for orthognathic, yeah. Interestingly, I think maybe a little bit of this AI is going to take effect. And so here's what I'm thinking. And the concept of this is, and we, so from a jaw surgery standpoint, we are truly cutting osteotomies that we've been cutting for years, Mm -hmm. right? But the evolutions have been better anesthesia. We can do it maybe as an outpatient in offices. Obviously, rigid fixation, Mm -hmm. patient-specific implants, the custom stuff we were just talking about. Obviously, digital planning has been huge, and that's evolved because of better three-dimensional imaging in our office, et cetera, et cetera. But where this may be going is now, where is the algorithm that says, here's Farrell, here's Farrell's cases, here are the last 10 class three patients he treated. Mm -hmm. Our algorithm says, this is where it should go. And now when we log on, yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Meaning, hey, Farrell's always a six forward. And remember, every patient's different, blah, blah, blah. But- you know, remember, jaw surgery ends up being the same, yeah. whether, you know, it's the same incision, it's the same cut, it's the same movement. Once it's passive, now reposition it based on the plan that comes from a digital plan. So maybe the future is better soft tissue understanding of what skeletal change delivers 
cost containment is important. But the way I kind of view this in the near future is when we think about the engineers and they'll say, oh, I want the, I want the feral Genio glosses mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. right? Well, what that engineer does now offline, because that's on their time and not your time, your time's valuable. But what they're doing is they're going back and looking at the last two or three cases where Farrell did a Genio glosses guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the thought process would be if you're doing a class two, this case, remember those cases you can classify, I don't know, make it up. There's, there's five different categories. There's the class two patient. There's the decreased vertical ram site, having their plane. It's an inverted L. Here's class threes. Those are class threes. Here's the asymmetry thing. Here's the open by thing. But now take the last 10 cases that you've done. Yeah. Make this amalgam. Here's the average. And this is where you're going to start your planning from. This is our baseline. This is our baseline. Yeah. Maybe that helps. And then the other thing is, I think it's going to be a situation where more of it's going to become in-house. You know, I would... Our fellows work their tail off. Uh, they, they, they really, really do a great job. But maybe it's going to be one of those things where the technology gets so good in terms of merger of cone beam, DICOM yeah. data, merger of occlusal data, STL, to where now it's merged. Maybe maybe it comes back to the hands, not the vendor or the industry, but maybe it comes back to where we're now setting more bytes and it's going to be more in-house control of what we want to accomplish and maybe in-house printing of guides and splints becomes more prevalent. Now, remember, the titanium world's going to be fine mm-hmm. because no one wants to go through those steps of FDA and whatever. Yes. The titanium people are going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. But maybe but intermediate steps to yeah, get. But, but, but maybe more of the printing and the, <clears throat> and the decision making is more internal. But but remember, time's money, time's valuable. Get out of the office, go spend time with your family. Yeah. We don't want to spend time at the end of the day yeah. spending hours on software trying to manipulate osteotomies around mm-hmm. and a bite around, get home. Yeah. And yeah. until until it's like, I, I'm trying to snap. Until, <laughs> until it's a snap, then we're always going to use those experts yeah. on the other side. Time is money. Time yeah. is money. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, time is money, especially in work. But what's your work? Your family's money. Mm-hmm. Right? And you yeah. want to spend time with them. So yeah. I agree. And that's, I do think I like that about your presentation. You showed us a lot about what you did, but you also showed us the time that you spent with your family. Yeah, the time with your friends, friends. Yeah. Kind of like you were saying with your legacy. So I know that you've, you've kind of ripped on one look quite a bit, which has been hilarious to me. So I love, but, but give us, so I don't even know if this question is, is worthwhile anymore because you, you've already ripped on him so much, but give us some dirt on Wendell. Ooh. Did he try to actually sell you his uh, CT read app before kind of the one out? <laughs> he did not. Oh, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> I knew he couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, the stipend hadn't cleared yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, but remember, I like to listen to this podcast at half speed, so I wasn't smart enough to understand what CT yeah. was. <laughs> you didn't see the potential. I, I didn't see the potential. <laughs> Dirt on Wendell. I think you've given enough over the past That's what I mean, weekend, like, don't you think? I actually, how long do we have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned this yesterday. It's love. Wendell's a, a dear friend. Oh, we've seen, we've seen the lost connection. Oh my God. And I'm, I'm literally looking across from him and I'm looking deep in his eyes. And this, is, this is so hard for me right now to be sincere and genuine. But yeah. You yeah. only make fun of people that you actually care about. Yeah. And that's, like, what, that's what we were about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned it earlier is that people are joking around with people like Oscar and I, I mean, and you know, you're a listener. We spend most of our time making fun of each yeah. other. Yeah. 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 And, and what's nice about it is I think the first level is your friends. The next level is you can make fun of each other. But the third level is 
you kind of get excited to tell your friend like what happened. So you're going to get made fun of so you, because you want them to kind of experience it with you. So I, I think we have that bond. Yeah. Um, now you obviously have a, a million other friends. Adam Fagan famously said everyone's friend, best friends with Brian Farrell, but <laughs> Brian's not best friends with anyone. Are there any shout outs you want to give before we move on to journal club? Is there anyone you want to kind of make sure you mention that you haven't already? Well, I, I don't think there's enough time. Should I name every partner I have? Should I name every mentor I have? Should I name every fellow I have? We'll give you three. You can name three people. Uh, three, people? three people? That's all I get? So we yeah. take, okay, we'll take the partners off because you named them. Like you'll all the partners you yeah. named. You already mentioned your dad. You and, mentioned Myron Tucker. And all your fellows you named. So that's my brother. My yeah. fellows your have been brother named. You mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Three people. Well, I, I think it's probably, I'll just say family, globally. Yeah. Family's been great to allow me the opportunity to Truly, truly be present and, and be engaged when mm -hmm. I'm there, but you know, I'm, I'm gone a lot. And mm -hmm. I don't know, may, maybe that's the thing when I look back, when I'm all said and done, and we, this is what I end up doing. We, we're going to, this is how I'm going to finish my career. And we were, we were joking about this earlier, but I envision the end of my career is where I'm, I'm going to become everyone's first assistant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hopefully travel to find my friends. We'll come in the night before. We'll have dinner on you. By yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Has to be. And then ultimately, we'll operate a case or two. But I'm coming here to help and truly be everyone's first assistant. That's how I truly, truly, truly want my career to end: is become everyone's first assistant. But um, when I look back uh, years from now, um, I hope I have no regrets regarding the time I spent with my family. I do everything I can to be present when I'm there, but I'm admittedly gone a lot. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, to get deep, I'm going to go with dad and I'm going to go with my brother, Bart. Yep. They're on the same level. Dad's fantastic. Dad stayed out of everything. I mean, he was such a good dude. He's such, still such a good dude. Good uh, cook and barbecue too. Uh, he's, he's great. In fact, Thanksgiving dinner. You want to come down on third or in a couple of weeks? Come on down. You know. And so can, can, I, can I bring my newborn? Or are you going to watch the newborn? Or? Well, we're not. We'll, we'll kind of watch, but the pool. But we don't. You know. Listen. Careful around the pool. And so right. that's the question. Is because your family's from Iowa. Is your parents down in Charlotte? Right. Yeah. So oh, okay. so that's ultimately, awesome. when I go to Charlotte and my brother follows me, yeah. Now immediate family's all in Charlotte. Yeah. My mom and dad have moved to Charlotte and been there a decade. Wow, good for yeah. that. And so that shows the, the, and they're they're great. They're wonderful if we need someone, but they're at every sporting event. Every soccer game for every grandkid. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah they're, they're they're great people. But you know, they he stayed out of it. So I made this point of someone asked me yesterday, you know, how you got here. And so when I was finishing school, I'm, I'm that knucklehead that's sort of finishing college. And I, I played sports in college and I finished and I'm like, holy hell, what am I doing? I mean, I had no clue, but I thought I wanted to do something healthcare related. And so I went and interviewed at the medical school at the University of Iowa and it was stale. And hey, let's see if we can find someone to show you around and blah, 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 blah. And then I went to the dental school like a week later and they were like, hey, welcome. And let's let's show you around and here's everything. Yeah. Oh, by the way, tonight we're having an upside down margarita party. You ought to come. And what they did is they literally laid you back in a dental chair and they poured a little bit of margarita stuff. And then after you were like halfway in, they hit the button and it ejected you. So you were like, <laughs> so I think like the world, the world probably understands exactly what path I chose to go. But yeah, just truly kind of stayed out of it. And when I decided years ago to leave 
Iowa to go to LSU in New Orleans. Dad was just there. Didn't say one word. And when I said I'm going to Louisiana, when I'm going to go to New Orleans to train, he said, perfect. Yeah. But it never said anything prior to that. Moving to my brother, Bart's great. I haven't been able to shake the kid. He's an unbelievable guy. He's... um, he matters. Yeah. Yeah. And Bart's a good dude. And, and we work with him in the fellowship. He, uh, he, we do some cases with them. And it is funny how, how different you guys are. Yeah. Like, and for you're people, very similar in certain ways, but very different in other ways. And yep. for people who aren't here, we can tell it matters. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's all that has to be said for that. Yep. That's, a, that's a good shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And brother. Yeah. Awesome. And then listen, I had three, right? So my, my, then I'm going to go to uh, kind of a core group of friends. And the core group of friends are... Andy Christensen, and for those uh, listeners out there, Andy Christensen was the brilliant innovator with medical modeling. Yeah. So Andy was the one who was designing anatomic guides. He's the one who truly brought virtual mm-hmm. surgical planning to the forefront. And he, he is the best of friends. I, I tell everybody, find a friend like Andy. Yeah. Find a friend like Andy. He is, he's brilliant and just a tremendous human being. I'm very fortunate to call him a friend. Brian Bell is a tremendous friend. We've known each other for a long time. We have a background of dads being oral surgeons, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, just, it's just, you know, it's those individuals that you haven't seen for four months or six months. And you don't need to. You you connect with them and literally a minute has changed. We're we're, we're right there. Uh, Brian's fantastic. And listen, there's a ton out there else that I could also uh, comment upon, but yeah, those two are, listen, that's kind of the text read thing where, I mean, literally once a week for sure, or even twice a week or three times a week, there's a thread between the three of us That's talking awesome. about stuff. I've already talked about, hopefully um, with them already this morning, about uh, a potential Canadian ski meeting and already kind of outlined a lineup. So <laughs> Wendell was a little disappointed. His name wasn't originally on the list, but after some goading, he may be on the list. But anyway, pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Story. Things to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, with our, our formal, you know, interview with you. Obviously, we want to get some questions that we know the listeners will be. Should we get another about. bottle of uh, champagne? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking so. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. well, we're moving on to Journal Club now. So, without further ado, let's jump into Journal Club. All right, Brian. So, for Journal Club, we wanted to bring you into this as well. I mean, as we said, you're the first guest just kind of hanging with us the entire time. But yep. we we did specifically pick a journal that we thought would appeal. Really Relatable to you, and also just to kind of spur discussion with you, because this is a topic you get asked about all the time. So the journal is called Comparable Skeletal and Dental Movements Achieved Using Conventional and Surgery First Techniques in Class 3 Patients by Florentine et al. And, you know, pre-screening, you know, there's an orthodontist involved, mm-hmm. there's an oral surgeon involved, collaboration. We, we, we like that. We're liking it. Yeah. So, By the way, let me just pause right there. The most important part is it has an orthodontist involved. Yeah. And we'll get there in just a second because I know this is where that's going. But the orthodontist involvement is the crucial part of surgery first. So, yep. Yep. Let's go. And uh, so for pre-screening, we're liking it so far. Yep. And you actually mentioned when, when we had seen the article that you do your own kind of pre-screening for these articles. And because it has surgery in the title, you already like it more. <laughs> You're like, I'll read it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so fast as your pre-screening too. Now, one thing that uh, they mentioned was the objective of the study was to compare skeletal and dental changes between pretreatment and post-treatment achieved by each approach in class three patients. And their hypothesis was that there'd be no difference in the skeletal and dental outcomes at post-treatment between conventional orthodontic surgery and surgery-first approaches. Mm-hmm. So 
We like that idea. We like that hypothesis. They did mention that previously studies had shown that surgery first can reduce treatment times, reduce orthodontic times, you know, by one to one and a half years. They did mention that it's best for people with a well-aligned dentition, minimal crowding, relatively flat curve of speed, minimal proclination and retroclination of the incisors, and a minimal transverse discrepancy at the start of treatment. People that have had prior braces. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, does these patients... Do they need surgery? <laughs> these, these are called people that are now coming back to look at braces a second yeah, yeah. a third time. Yeah. 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 So as a retrospective cohort study, the inclusion criteria was surgery first patients. So they had less than two weeks of braces. You know, just put on the brackets right before surgery, which was awesome. It wasn't like six months of braces or three months. Because, you know, you start getting the weeds a little bit with mm-hmm. the surgery first. And their outcome variables, this is, you know, I'm, I'm reading this article and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you're love like, yeah, I, I, when I was reading, I was thinking of you. I'm like, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, love this. Then we get to outcome variables. It says the outcome variables were cephalometric, skeletal, and dental parameters. And this was just like the ultimate, oh no. Kick in the nuts. Right? Yeah. 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 I was like, oh no. They start talking about upper incisor SN, upper incisor and then I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. I love this article. Yeah. I love this premise. I love the patient population they have. Why? We're not looking at photos. Yeah, We're yeah. looking at occlusion. Let's, We're let's looking back at... up. Okay, what, what outcome we get? Was it faster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? But yeah, breaking it down and getting too deep in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you know, back does, up, back up to the sky and look at it for thirty. And like really, the photos. Does the patient look good? We have no idea what yeah. the results are, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't care what the set numbers yeah. say and things like that. Yeah. So they did have thirty-nine classic patients uh, in, in their in their study. The mean total treatment time for with conventional mm-hmm. orthodontic surgery was thirty-eight months. And the mean total treatment time using the surgery first uh, approach was 18 months. So that's a significant yeah. drop. It's half the time, yeah. which we like. But the problem is if you don't have the, what the it results, looks like. how do you know yeah. if you achieved a similar thing? Also, the other confounding variable is a lot of the people that are surgery first based on criteria is, you know, well-aligned dentition, minimal crap. I mean, those people should require less braces in general, right? Less orthodontic yeah. in general. They found no statistically significant differences in anything pre-treatment, post-treatment, uh, changes, skeletal dental parameters. But once again, they're, they're looking at, you know, set values. They're looking at overlapping tracings. Not the most, yeah. you know, reliable things to look at. Now, they said, although both treatment groups displayed midline discrepancies in crowding, the patients included in the conventional orthodontic surgery group did appear to have more severe and pronounced deformities clinically, with two patients requiring mini-screw-assisted rapid paddle expansion to expand the maxilla and alleviate crowding before so that, surgery. Yeah. So when you talk about timing after, if the cases are harder, like it well, kind of makes sense. And also maybe they selectively chose, hey, this is a case we're going to do surgery first yeah, on exactly. because they've already got nicely aligned teeth. We're close yeah. second time around. Yeah. yeah. So a comparison of the number of patients that achieved bilateral class one molar and canine relationships was 86% in your conventional orthognathic surgery group. You know, obviously you don't have your numbers, but do you think that makes sense in your mind? Like you, you would you think... If 86% of your patients were in a classroom relationship post up, would that be good for you? Would that be bad for you? Like, where, where is that number relative to what you think we should aim for? Outcomes. Good bite. Good facial profile. Happy patients. Yeah. That's what we ought to shoot for. Yeah. Right. Because remember, it, you know, if a person, I think the, the concept of like, oh, we finished with a class one more relationship, that's getting too deep in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Remember, if a person's had extraction in the upper arch, it can't finish. Exactly. Class, it can't finish class one. Yeah. Extraction lower arch, you can't finish class one. The concept is good overbite, good overjet, good aesthetics, good occlusion, function, aesthetics, outcome, 
Boom. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And they uh, they had 83% for their surgery first. So very, very comparable. Yeah. Yeah. They did mention that 66 of patients in the facility practice and the faculty practice were deemed ready for surgery within 12 months of beginning treatment, whereas only 33% of residents' patients were cleared for surgery within the same period. And I kind of like that they mentioned this because they, they want to say, listen, in prior practice with firefighters orthodontists, experienced orthodontists, people will get ready for surgery faster. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable. Yeah. In a residency program, things take longer. And this hit home because at U of T, we have the surge ortho program yep. and it's the residents are doing the cases the Working, residents yeah. are doing the workups, things take longer, but that's the point. You know, it's education, you're doing it step by step. But it is good to know that, you know, once you graduate with, you know, orthodontists and you're working with experienced people, sometimes things can go faster. So, Brian, in your experience with, you know, you obviously get referrals from town orthodontists, but the people that you get, you know, consistently, you work with them for a long time. Do you know, on average, usually how long the pre-surgical setup is taking and then post-operatively, how long the finishing is taking now? I know there's a range because every case is different, but you know, in general averages, do you usually tell your patients you're probably going to need braces for this long before surgery and this long after surgery? Well, I think, um, and I, I kind of make a joke that I think that every orthodontist was trained to say it's going to take about two years, right? <laughs> Just too easy to sort of, and and maybe the orthodontic mantra is under promise and over deliver, right? So, but I think the concept of this is you know, when an orthodontist sees an individual, that meant that they changed a wire or two or potentially an Invisalign tray was delivered, but they're going to be able to go back to life. Yep. They need to recover from jaw surgery. And so ultimately, when they, so in the life of a student, this is either going to be a summer break thing or it's going to be a winter break thing. Yeah. It's not so a weekend thing. It's right? not a weekend thing, yeah. right? So if, if you are sitting there talking to an individual and it's the fall, of this year, the question is to the orthodontist, do we feel like, you know, they're starting with jack-o'-lantern teeth going every which direction? <laughs> and if it's a jack-o'-lantern uh, relationship that's going every which direction, it's going to be 12, it's going to be 14, yeah. it's going to be 16. If you're sitting there and they have braces, or maybe they previously had braces, they're relatively decently aligned. Well, the answer is that could be six months, mm-hmm. that could be nine months. But obviously the windows from, you know, just today, let's say someone starts braces tomorrow. And being logical outside of the surgery first, okay, we've missed the window of the holiday break or winter break of 2022. Well, now it becomes summer of 2023. Yeah, that's the next if, oh, we need a year, well, we've missed the summer of 2022. Now it becomes the winter break of 2022. Oh, I played basketball. The time frame is too short. It's only yeah. two weeks. I, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And so if it's not there, well, now it becomes the summer of, of 2024. Make, yeah. make up some number. But the, the, the point of it is, yes, the biggest variable, obviously, is how long it takes to get an individual aligned and ready to go. I stress to individuals, just trying to be, again, their advocate, that they now, you know, if you make the decision to end up going down the path of doing something surgical, well, take ownership of it and say, hey, orthodontist. I went over and saw Wendell. I went over and saw Oscar. And we talked a little bit about jaw surgery. And I'm in. I've learned about it. You know, they explained the options of doing nothing, of camouflaging, of doing something surgical. And you know what? I've decided that I think the best option for me from an aesthetic standpoint, from a functional standpoint, from the rest of my life standpoint, quality of life standpoint, is I think I want to go down the path of doing something surgical. Now you look at the orthodontist and say, truly, give me an idea yeah. mm-hmm. of how long you think this is going to take. Because 
if it's a summer thing between the end of school and the start of school, between camps, mission trips, vacations, et cetera, where do you have a time to lay low and take it easy? So with that being said, I think, remember, it's going to be on average, it's going to be roughly about two years. We know once we do a surgical procedure, then we hope that, for example, if it's a summer thing, we hope by the time the, the ball is dropping for the new year, it's the holiday. We hope those braces are yeah. very close to being off, if not off already. Mm -hmm. So you essentially skip two seasons. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, that makes sense. So their overall conclusion at the end was thus, the results of the study suggest that either conventional orthodontic surgery or surgery first approach can be used to achieve a comparable degree of skeletal and dental movements in class three patients. So Oscar, what was your overall impression of the article? Like, what did you think? Did you enjoy the article? Kind of what were your takeaway points? So it's funny. I think we had a very similar, and I know I said it before, when I was reading this article, I was thinking of you. And I thought it was great, 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 great. I'm going to really enjoy it. And then we got to how they were measuring things. Mm -hmm. And that is my negative on it. I, I think it's a very interesting topic, especially for two guys who would like to do orthognathic with beside me. I think it's really, really interesting. But I don't think the outcomes are measured in a way that, that, that are useful for us. You're measuring numbers. We don't see what the outcomes look. We don't see any of the pictures. We don't, I don't think they took that into account. And that's my biggest flaw with that article. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, you know, Brian will use a step tracing for insurance purposes, yeah. treatment planning for insurance purposes. Yeah. We at the Surgery Ortho Clinic with Marco and I, we will use step tracings and step values for teaching purposes. Education. Yep. You need to learn that all of your residency and all of your training. But when you get into actually doing these cases that don't, I don't volume, treat numbers, yeah, you're not yeah. treating numbers, you're treating the patient. Yeah. So you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to move that a little more because it, like, it doesn't look good though already. Yeah. You're not going to move it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. was my overall impression. How about you, Brian? What did you think? Yeah, no, similar. And I, I think that's the point. And I, I made this as you began to kind of do the overview of the article. Remember, there's the orthodontist involved. This is truly, truly an orthodontic aspect of things mm -hmm. because remember the concept of surgical intervention early is theoretically this rapid accelerator phenomenon, yep. right? So when you make an injury to a bone, physiologically, bone wants to turn over faster. So teeth move at a greater rate. So the concept of doing it early is, okay, you're going to take advantage of rapid movement. Now, forgive me, I won't remember articles, but surgery first is generally not a recent topic. It actually was a topic, I'm going to say two, three decades ago. Yeah. And it's a lot of this is in the orthodontic literature, but ultimately what they found is it's about outcomes. And what I mean by outcomes is satisfaction that a patient yeah. has. When you truly do surgery and they get on the other side and now they begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel is four or six months away, when they are asked to now put the comment card back in, their comment card is generally better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you do surgery and now you have 12, 15, 16 months of braces after the fact, still. guess what? When they are filling out the comment card, <laughs> they forget all about the fact that they did it in half the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was in braces forever, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm trying to be the, 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 the ignorant and the, the, the cartoon character there. But where I'm going with that is studies have shown that the satisfaction, the higher overall satisfaction generally from an orthognathic surgery standpoint is we do surgery roughly approximately about two thirds of the way through. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately there's a short finish that generally finds the highest, most viewed TikTok person is going to mm -hmm. be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they just want that slower, or, I mean, quicker gratification. We're like, yes, yeah. or I'm almost done. Yeah. 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 Cause you're, you're, you're close to the finish line. Yeah. Exactly. But the, the concept again, and, and we were 
joking about the fact that it said surgery first. Again, it's got surgery in the title, but we as oral surgeons have to be you know, cognizant that, you know, as opposed to years and years and years ago, where you sort of trusted the decision or the mm-hmm. recommendation of a, a physician or a doctor, you know, hey, this is what you need to do. And people kind of nod. Yeah, it's the not. The doctor says yeah. that. Now, these days, there, there's so much information out there. Everyone that comes, and I know you guys have the same thing. They've done their research. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of Google search. I've been on the internet. Wait a second. There's a lot of wrong stuff on the yeah. internet. There's yeah. some right stuff. There's yeah. a lot of wrong stuff on the internet. But these people come in and they're actually fairly educated. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. And I don't know if you guys see this. I can't believe the number of people who come in and say, oh, yeah, wired together. Yeah. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. How come that myth has not been debunked? You're like, what? Well, we, we truly haven't wired together yeah. you know, people for like 20 years. Why, yeah. why in the hell? That's, that's a no. That, that one's a hard no. Yeah. And it's funny because when I mentioned, you know, these are the titanium plates and screws that we use. So now we yeah. don't have to wire people shut. You use rubber bands. You can see on their face the instant say, "Oh wow, that was one of my biggest fears." Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredible that that for some reason that hasn't been out into the world that yeah. you're not wired together yeah. anymore. Yeah. And again, I, I I say this story all the time that my father performed jaw surgery on my roommate when we were in college, and I observed the surgery, and then I spent time with my roommate recovering, and I remember the blender, I remember. No telling what was growing on the inside of his mouth because he couldn't get a toothbrush to it. But the, the point of that is that was a long time ago. Yeah. We now allow a person to open and close, which is why the length of hospital admissions has gone down. People can move earlier. Mm-hmm. They function earlier. They get calories earlier. And so that's it's incredible to me that that, that the internet hasn't got onto that. To say we, that, we don't that doesn't do it happen. Way. Now, jaw surgery is big. You know, people open their eyes. They sit back in their chair like, holy hell, what are we talking about? But back to that original concept is I think that you, and this comes back to that being an advocate for them, as opposed to being that person says, this is it. This mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we sit there and say, you know what? You had braces when you were younger, a little late growth. Now you're sitting here in class three. Think about the window you have in your calendar. And if you're, I'm using the analogy of someone in the workforce, if you're an accountant, we probably shouldn't do this in tax Mm -hmm. season, so forth. But okay, where do you have a window where you have a couple weeks? In fact, Wendell was talking the other night at a little presentation and your comment was, you said they need four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should say that. Four to six weeks of what? Oh, off work. Yeah. And and, and the reason why is I think that that... That graphic, that eye-opening graphic, like, holy hell, I don't have time in my yeah, life for yeah. four to six weeks. Yeah. It can I be daunting. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that's, remember, I think people at minimum, at minimum, need a couple weeks off. Yeah. Now, so here, this is, this is classic of what I say. And so remember, jaw surgery, after jaw surgery, it's slow and dark. Mm-hmm. And just take a person's normal pace, school, football, lacrosse dance, whatever you do. That's a hundred mile an hour day. Mm -hmm. Remember the first week is slow. It's recovery from procedure. It's recovery from the anesthesia aspect and it's lack of calories. So as opposed to being wired together where things were Mm pureed, admittedly right out of the gate, it's boost, insure, smoothies, milkshakes. It's going to transition whenever you're ready to oatmeal, grits, scrambled eggs, Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes, et cetera. And that sounds decent, but you have to eat a bunch of it. The first week is a lot of it's moving slow. Now, where you go with a teenager, you're looking at them going, that means a lot of sleep and a lot of Netflix and their yeah. video mm-hmm. games. And they start to smirk. And you go, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's dark. 
The darkness of the week comes from the fact it is physical. It's a procedure. Jaw surgery looks like you've been in a fight, right? Because think about some other procedure. If you have something on your elbow or something on your belly or something on your hip, it's a bandage, it's a gown, it's covered by blankets. We as the surgeon, we can't put a bag on your head. (laughs) So it's out in the middle for everyone to see. So jaw surgery looks involved. You know, uh, we're fortunate. It's not as uncomfortable. It's not as painful as people imagine it to be. And that's because of the neurocentric things mm-hmm. that happen following. But I make the point, I say, we haven't even gotten to the dark part yet. The dark part comes from the fact that it's in your head. And as you start to come off the medicines that's that right. are medicines and steroids and et cetera, well, there's that lull and that recipe that says, irritable, grumpy, yes. off my routine. Yeah. Woe is me. Why yeah. do we do this? This sucks. I hate you. <laughs> and it's, it's just it's a true. rough, that's dark the console. Yeah, yeah. What, I, we're not even done anything yet. Yeah. Uh, and the concept of that is, I, I think it's important to kind of outline that week to them. Young, healthy, they're going to come out of the dark tunnel. They're going to get in week two. And when a person is week two, in my opinion, they are now stir crazy. They want to get yes. out. They want to run. See show, something. They want to run an errand. They want to see their friends, and they can do that. They really, really can. But. There's where you kind of come back at him and say, you're still dragging, you're still under the weather, you're still not there, but a lot happens in week Mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. You start moving more, you start getting more calories. Yes. But the concept of this is once you get into, I'm going to, day 12, day 14, day 16, you start to now get into the lasagnas and the fish Mm -hmm. and the salmon and the, the proteins. The concept of this is the diet picks up. And once a person gets more calories, I truly believe that people are generally moving at least three quarters of themselves mm-hmm. as they get into week three. So remember that high school student that has jaw surgery on December 16th, December 18th, by the time school gets back up and running again on January 3rd or 4th or blah, 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 whatever it is, they're moving 80 or 90% mm-hmm. of themselves because they're now it's in the rear view mirror, diets picking up yep. and so forth. So the concept of that is, a person needs a few weeks off to lay low. Now, if you're in the workforce, take more time off, go back early, never take yes, too less. little and go yeah. back late. But I just think we ought to tell people two weeks is just the bare minimum. If you can get more, great. But I just, I just caution you. That's a good rephrase. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I, just, I just caution you. Just, I, I think when you, who knows, who knows, who knows. But if you truly look at a person and says, it's going to be six weeks of your life. No one, wants to, no one wants to take the step off yeah, the yeah, cliff yeah, if yeah. it's six weeks. If you throw out two weeks, that's better. You know, we're on Journal Club here in the article. Once again, I just wanted to say this. We talked about this earlier. It's driven by the orthodontist. So on the concept of like accelerated osteogenic orthodontics or surgery first, remember, we as the surgeons are doing what we think are this great surgery and this is awesome. But remember, it's about their engagement and repetitive visits back to the mm-hmm. orthodontist. So unless you have an orthodontist prepared to see this individual often, repetitively, outside of that normal six-week yes. window, this is never going to yeah. get off the ground. Yeah. And once again, as surgeons, if you have an orthodontist that says, hey, I have an interest in doing this, you're like, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got surgery in its title. <laughs> so I don't classify it as in, in my notes when I'm doing a, a medical record or whatever, or I'm sending a correspondence back to the orthodontist. I don't say surgery first. I say surgery 
early. Yeah. yeah. Surgery. Yes. You, you, obviously, Wendell knew exactly what to say. So the concept of that is most of these individuals had braces at a young age. Mm -hmm. And at a young age, individuals are always interested in, in their kids' smile looking, you know, let's get the social sick. That's, that's let's get the want. social sick yeah. looking good. And that's perfect. And that's great. Start them early, assuming that the face grows equally yeah. proportionate down and forward. We all know, unfortunately, that something changes or maybe something happens where disproportionate growth occurs. And so oftentimes we're staring at an individual who has had braces before, they come in, braces, and they're like, no way yeah, you, you can't hell, commit, yeah. I want braces, but they're comfortable with the surgery. Well, there's where we have to be adaptive and understand the Invisalign therapy, mm -hmm. the alinonathic, the, the Kaplan hooks and so forth. So maybe that goes back to Marco being very, very fluid and understanding the environment. Yeah. Remember, we want to do the surgery. Mm -hmm. We want to do the surgery. How and so we get to do that? Yeah. And, yeah. and one of the points yesterday was, remember, it's comfort. It's comfort level. So if a person walks in and they say, I would like to do with Invisalign, yeah. you as a surgeon have to say, no problem. I'm good with that. Yeah. But now maybe it's significant constriction. Are you comfortable doing Invisalign segmentally? And that's all comfort level. Mm -hmm. And it's got surgeon's title, so we should do it. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our Journal Club uh, segment. And now we'll move on to our final segment, Recommendations. So for Recommendations, Oscar, mine's really simple. We, we kind of already talked about this. We go very briefly over mine, but it's just the yeah. World Cup. I think even if you're not a soccer fan, World Cup's coming up. It is like a global event. It's one of the true global events, like the Olympics. Yeah. Everyone's gonna be talking about it. Everyone's gonna be how, watching how did, it. How did, excuse me, I'm not gonna say it right. Is it Qatar or Qatar or what do we say? What do we call it? I say Qatar. I say Qatar. Qatar. So how did Qatar get this, by the way? I think there's a documentary on Netflix. I think, I, I think <laughs> it's, yeah. Is this called corruption? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I have anything? I don't feel like my bank account went up. Did I have anything? <laughs> did I pay into this yeah. one? But yeah, World Cup. It's going to be unbelievable with, with the concept of the World Cup going on, when football is going on, when all these sports seasons. And now that on. we have our bet. Like I'm even more. I don't remember the bet. Know, uh, it's been so long. What was the bet? <laughs> but so, so that wait a second. I'm taking Uruguay. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you can't take other people's countries. No, no. I thought we we're gonna rotate. <laughs> we're gonna rotate one to the right. So, <laughs> so no. Wait, that means I get Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, are they 14 or 41? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, the World Cup. But so I'm honestly I'm excited about the World Cup. But I I, I think it was hard, kind of like you were saying, Brian. It was hard for me to to be excited about it in November because there's so many other sports I already watch. Yeah. And so for me, the World Cup in the summer was yeah. there's nothing, there's not that much else to watch. College sports are done. There's no hockey. No NFL. No, NFL hasn't started yet. There's really only baseball. So, and not even baseball, baseball's ended. So there's really not much else. But now that it's coming close, I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is exciting. Yeah. Now, yeah. what are we going to do if our representative countries like get eliminated at the same time? Like what if... Well, remember, US if when you guys get eliminated, then that means I win. <laughs> No, but if the U.S. and Uruguay both make it to the knockout stages and lose in the then first round. Then you have to take both of us out, one dinner each. <laughs> <laughs> well, for no, sure. but, no, but remember, uh, yeah, also, but not, not individually. That, no, that's no, no, the whole it's a group. Point it's a group. No, Together, no. but we do it twice. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, you've taken two dinners. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So that's my, my recommendation is the World Cup, obviously. Come up. I encourage everyone to, to watch it. How about you, Oscar? What's your recommendation? So it, it's funny you say that because I was telling you before that I had a slow TV month. I haven't been really watching it. I've just been watching sports. I've been catching up like crazy. Everything started recently. Mm -hmm. NFL, college football, like a bunch of things that I'm getting to the swing of it. My, my buddy's like uh, the Raptors AT, so I was watching the Raptors. I followed up on one of yours. I did do the first Untold uh, Stories. Nice. 
I watched the Manti Teo one. Nice, that's a good one. Especially because I knew something about it. Have so you seen Untold? I'm not. Oh, you need to watch but the Manti But I know, I know the catfish. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and, and I know something about it because I'm a big college football fan, and so I thought that was great. So yeah. I will second you on that. And again, I've only watched that one, so I haven't watched any of them, but I really, really liked it. I'm going to watch the other ones. Just a movie we watched two, last week with my wife, The Good Nurse, and I thought that was quite good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't spectacular, but I had it on, and I was watching, I was paying attention, and I enjoyed it. So I think... So if you have time and you can't find anything else to watch, definitely watch that. Nice. Yeah. I mean, Brian, any recommendations for our audience? I do. Interesting, sticking to the soccer theme, Mm -hmm. I recently uh, watched Welcome to Wrexham Mm -hmm. with my son. Uh, We started, listen, I'm going to be honest, we started it with my son, and then (laughs) I would get home and think we were going to watch episode three and four, and he said, oh, I've already watched. He's pulled ahead. Yeah, he's way ahead of me. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. But I've watched Welcome to Wrexham, and I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I'm like you guys, get home at the end of the day, open a laptop, and I'm, I'm doing something administrative. I'm doing something presentation-wise. But uh, Welcome to Wrexham is, is I, I recommend it. Okay. It is, and just to give a little background for those that may not be familiar with it, Rob McElhaney, who's an actor, he basically knows an individual. that They've been writing kind of scripts together for a project. Well, this individual is a huge football fan. Mm-hmm. Well, he ultimately identifies the fact that there's this low-level soccer club in Wales that is financially in ruins and so <laughs> forth. Well, the, the great part of the story is McElhaney's like, I've got TV money. I need movie money. Yeah. <laughs> and so he engages Ryan Reynolds, and ultimately they end up buying a team. And it basically talks about the progression of the development of a team, the, the, I'm gonna the love hiring yeah, of a coach, really good the firing of a coach, the the infrastructure, the salary contract, the getting of players. But I, I think the best part of the story is they are the lowest level. I mean, they're, you, you can't <laughs> – they're, they're not the lowest level, but they're really, really low in terms of the soccer yeah, ranks. Yeah. And so ultimately, if you think about sort of that Premier League that's always on the football and mm-hmm. the Liverpools and the Tottenham's and the Hotspur, you know, et cetera, they're literally nowhere near. They're nowhere near. They're like high school football. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the brilliant aspect of football is obviously that relegation and promotion and so forth. Years ago, they were at a higher level. They've now been in the doldrums for like 13, 14 years. And now it's about seeing if they can improve their stake. And mm-hmm. I think the documentary does a nice job because they truly talk about the town. This right. is. It's this is something I'm going to watch. Yeah, yeah, sure. For yeah, sure. There's no question. Yeah. Talk about the sound. It's good. And obviously, with the promotion and the fact that it's on a, a television, uh, remember, there's there's Aviation Gin as a sponsor. It's uh, smart. TikTok's a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to make a lot of money on They're making they're, money on, yeah. They are. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, it'll be really exciting when, in fact, I, I'm not a real big social media guy, but as an ADHD person, I truly get my best of information from social media. So <laughs> this is this, this is this, this yeah, is this. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sit and read the entire article, but I now follow the football club. Yeah, see, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I truly think outside go. of these higher level teams of the, uh, you know, you they're going to be the, the most well known. Yeah, the Liverpools and the Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. So they're literally the most popular team in the United States right now. That's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So look into Welcome to Rex. It's another Drive to yeah, so many people are going to get into this for yeah. sure. Yeah, yep. have you guys um, the the Formula One? Yeah, the Pretty tickets just opened up. Well, no, but it just opened up for, for tickets in Vegas. For Vegas, yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. I've got an inside connection to Boston. Oh, really? I do. 
And Austin, was, Austin was great this year too. Like, I don't know if like, you, did you watch the race? Yeah. It was like, yeah. so that's a great venue. I know someone who knows someone who knows someone else who knows a second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> we should have recorded this. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Austin next year. Yeah. Austin, Austin yeah. or uh, So now I hope, now I hope, he, I, hope, I hope Brian wins the bet. So that we have to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could be eating in Austin. Yeah, we'll have to Google uh, hotspots in Austin. But anyway, awesome. Well, Brian, listen, we want to thank you so much for taking the time coming mm -hmm. on. We're we're glad you got to join us for the entire episode. That was unique, but really, really nice. Yeah, and uh, it was obviously it's been great a good weekend. Here. Yeah, for the whole weekend, getting to hang out, and uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the episode. Really appreciate it. Did you need my address? Are you going to mail the stipend? Or <laughs> uh, did you need... E-transfer is a Canadian thing. You actually, you actually know where I live. But yeah, hey, just to you two, kudos. Well done. I, I think this is a, a brilliant avenue and a chance for you two to get together and connect and stay friends mm -hmm. and, and rendezvous. But obviously, I think um, it, it's obviously based on the fact that you have one or two listeners that there are people on the <laughs> other end who truly are appreciative fans of it, yeah. appreciative of it and, and get uh, engaged and so forth. So I'm flattered to be here. I, I, I look forward to the next opportunity to be on if depending on the stipend. Wonderful. Keep up. Well, the good thing is I don't need to eat transfer. I don't need your address. I have a credit card, right? It's true. So he just wants, he'll spend less. I'll just spend, <laughs> I'll spend less. Yeah. Do you, what, it's like a reverse money stipend. saved is money earned, right? So if I just spend okay. less than your credit card, you kind of made money. That, he's, like, he's like, I'm not sure you about know, that. I, I look forward to the first scissor I find because I'm cutting that card. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, listen, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, by the way, just real quickly to uh, everyone that uh, I met yesterday at the Toronto meeting, it was absolutely fantastic to catch up with everybody and really, really excited about rendezvousing with people in the future. That's awesome. to seeing each other again. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. That was Teeth and Titanium episode 27. What's that? How's it going? The CAOMS does not agree with anything that's been said on this organization. And don't do anything that they say. But if you want to reach out to us, send us an email, teethandtitaniumomfs at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And thanks to all our listeners. We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you in January. Happy New Year.